0: hey everybody welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast and video for a, a change of pace um i'm john burke and with me from across the pond is matt hudson from what i watch matt how you doing sir
1: i'm doing very well john on this most prestigious of nights i must say you're looking sharp my friend
0: it's it's a pleasure to actually see you uh we've <laughs> done this before but we don't usually share the videos when we had in the past but it's been a while um but Today is a very special episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. We are here to celebrate our annual award show, The Bampies. So welcome, viewers and listeners, uh, to our Bampy Award episode. Matt, are you ready for the prestigious night where we award the best of the best of 2022? That is right, folks. This is Bampies 2022. Uh, We're sitting now in the future, 2023, but we're going to be looking back at the, the year of cinema, which... I don't want to brag matt but of all of hmm. the years that i've been reviewing films i saw the most movies from 2022
1: how many films
0: 180 last year? movies that were released <laughs> in twenty twenty two. which is now looking at my letterboxd stats i actually saw more in 2018 but a lot of those i saw after the year right like i was catching yep. up in, in 2019 back, yeah. um where i i probably there's several movies i i wanted to see from 2022 that i still miss which i won't say yet because that's one of our categories. But if you've listened before, this is our third uh, annual uh, Bampi award, and it's something that we, we take a lot of joy in doing. We get more and more organized, I think, each time, and like, we're trying something <laughs> new this year. Uh, we have video. So... Um, Thanks for joining us in whichever format you're you're, uh, you're viewing. If you've listened already and you want to come back and watch, you can find us on YouTube. We'll have a link in the podcast show notes, but we'll also have a, links on our sites and our socials, so uh, we'll go through all of that usual stuff at the end. But this is a special episode, so there's no review here, guys, so know that going in. This is just looking back at the year. We have a lot of the common categories you expect from these types of awards. Um, there's no review. We're not doing any of our other headlines or anything this week. This is a special <laughs> episode. Next week though, we will resume our regular schedule programming. So just know that if you're like, Oh, awards lame, come back next week. It'll be back. Awards lame. This is the
1: best show of the year. And it's the first one of the year for us. Hey, look, we've said it before on our main show. You've got the golden globes. You've got the BAFTAs. You've got the miscellaneous critic awards. Hold off until you've heard the Bampies. And then this is the real uh, bit start for the Oscar campaign here. And, man, I love doing this. I love looking back at the year just gone, even if the year wasn't great in film, not saying that 2022 wasn't. But sometimes we've done, we, we've done shows before where we've done years where it's been fine, but it's still fun to look back, debate. I don't know what John has picked for this year either. Last year, we knew each other's picks beforehand. But for this year, for the spontaneity of it, I've got no idea what John's picked. I've got an idea what some of them might be. Yeah, but I don't we,
0: know all of them. We talk about movies a lot, so there's a yeah. good chance yeah. we've <laughs> we've at some point discussed these movies with each other. But um, nevertheless, you never know how it ends up. We've watched some things. I had I had uh, an advantage of being here in the states. Is sometimes we get movies before they are released in <laughs> yes. the UK, and so um, not always, but sometimes. So, so there's some things I've seen that Matt hasn't even had the chance to see yet. That might be on my list, or Maybe not. We'll find out, though, as we go through the episode. Uh, Basically, normal protocol here. We're going to go back and forth. Uh, We'll introduce a category. We'll give our uh, runner-ups and then our winner for the category. And we'll spend a little time talking about why it's our winner. Uh, We will spend less time with the runner-ups because we got to get through the show. We can't be here all night, especially because it's a uh, five-hour time difference from where Matt is to where I am. So it's pretty late for matt um and i, I got a movie to go to
1: yes he it has it's not bad hey man like i say it's the most prestigious year night of the year i'm suited and booted so john john before we start for those watching in video what shirt is that it's loud and it's proud
0: oh. so uh i bought this through a company i'm not going to name drop because they're not a sponsor but um it's universal Monsters. so like we got frankenstein up here right here mm. you see him in the yellow and then uh, i got a, the mummy uh bride of frankenstein you got creature of the black lagoon we got some dracula action right there There's the yes. mummy in my armpit poor guy it's it's been a rough day for him um <laughs> and there's a Wolfman on here somewhere uh each is very colorful it's very vibrant i like the shirt um you know i teach film so getting to wear collar shirts that are film based is a fun thing for me you have um, quite
1: the collection as well
0: i, I have gathered quite <laughs> the collection uh depending on the week though because sometimes they're a little more snug than i'd like them to be so yeah oh, know, know, that feeling know, Mix it up, but the weight loss journey continues, folks. um You know, I I go up and down, but still work out way too many days a week. Like I should probably stop, but should be watching more films to lose the pounds. Yeah, that's the because I sit watching so many movies, I have to go to the gym because otherwise I'm just sitting down all day. So
1: and you guys have butter popcorn. We don't have that over here. We are here in the UK. We're starved of that. But you've got your Universal Monsters shirt on. Now I've got a film related tie on, John. Oh if anyone that can guess familiar. or tell me what it is from the video, I will shout you out on the next show and we'll send you, we'll send you some of John's sweat from his shirt or something as a thank cool. you. But uh, yeah, this is, is a deep cut. if anyone can tell me what film this is from, I'll be very, very impressed. This was a BAMP exclusive tie.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm loving your background. I love all the Ghostbusters memorabilia you got there. Oh, um, I've got,
1: got more over I, here. I I I've got should've... Exorcist stuff all down there but for, to keep it family friendly i've kept it off camera
0: i should have mo- made more of an effort because i have like all of my pop vinyls are to my left over here but they're they're off camera um i do have this cool podcasting sign uh it's awesome me, and there's movie memorabilia above me and stuff as well but you know purple walls because why not um you know it's a uh, like it. it just honestly the only purple wall in this room too that's just happens to be <laughs> where uh, my chair is so this is our, our setup, guys. We we do this weekly, but again, we don't always get to see each other, mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, it's nice to be on video for for once. Um, don't don't expect this because we had to really work to be able to pull this off in any kind of feasible way. But yeah, there's uh, lots going if you on lo-
1: behind the camera as well to make us look good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we we bought it. we bought teenage ring lights. Like it's a whole thing, guys. This <laughs> this is there's a lot going on here, but. We digress. Let's get into why Let's we're here—the Bampies, the annual Bampy Awards. Matt, you're going to start us off. What's our first category?
1: Our first category in the 2022 Bampies, John Burke, is best cinematography. What films blew us away with how they looked this year? John, I'm going to throw it to you to start us off. Two runners up, and what was your winner this year?
0: So my first runner up was Steven Spielberg's *The Fablemans*. Um. I just thought that movie was gorgeous, and of course it should be. Uh, then my second runner-up in this one, it's been number one, it's been number two, it's been number one, it's been number two, it ended up number two, Banshees of Isherin. Uh, okay. Cinematographer is Ben Davis, but that movie is gorgeous. I love so many of the shots in that. But what I, I ended up with was the film that um, I just kept thinking about the the camera choices, the placement, the lighting, everything about the look of this film is decision to leave. Um, I okay. loved the uh the camera work in that film it was a movie that i thought um i almost didn't get to see mm-hmm. and uh i'm trying to like it's uh park chan wook's newest film i don't yep. have the cinematographer's name in front of me i'm getting that right now apologies i did a last minute uh, it was change uh, kim Ji young there you go um i thought this movie was gorgeous it's actually available to stream now on movie here in the states so if mm-hmm. you have access to movie or it's one of the relatively cheaper streaming services so even if you don't currently have access why not give it a go there's a lot of great movies on there but uh decision to leave is a movie um produced or uh distributed film i don't know what the correct term is for how what they've done there but uh movies getting into that game as well like yeah. so many other streaming services and um I haven't seen a lot of Park Chan books films, but I love old boy and I love the handmaiden. Um, and uh, I was excited to see decision to leave and I was not disappointed, but specifically I really thought visually it stood out uh, easily amongst so many other films that I couldn't stop thinking about the cinematography. Thus my winner.
1: What an intro- I did not expect that. I'm si- I was sitting here doing that cause I knew, I thought I knew what was coming. Mm. I didn't. Um, if i fireworks pa- 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 going off in the background, obviously people know that the Bampies are on.
0: I am curious. Uh, what did you? What were you? What were you expecting? Like, if it's going to give away yours, don't say it. But w- what? What did you think I picked?
1: What I thought you were going to pick is actually my first runner-up. So I'll jump mm. into mine. My first runner-up is Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think that is a beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful film, and I think it, the the techniques employed to bring that film to life and how it looks is almost second to none. The second runner-up, JB, is Top Gun Maverick. I think that film looks yeah. outrageous for how it looks. Not did. just not just the in cockpit or the, yeah. the the shots of the planes, but just the whole thing looks good. And the beach.
0: Scene but they did court. revolutionize that process, so like it, it it deserves mention just for that alone. Yeah. Well, John, my my winner for best
1: cinematography is you've stolen my thunder. Oh, decision to leave from, as well oh. was my, It's my my choice. Incredible! This a surprise awesome. already. That's how I knew the cinematographer's because so I've got it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, this film, some of the shots you've got shots from the point of view of, of a fish uh, from a cell phone or of a dead person oh it's like coming from a dead person's eye. Yes. The, the composition and the mise-en-scene that they employ to make scenes, which sometimes are just people sitting down talking or walking for yeah. five, 10 minutes. Oh my God. They mm-hmm. made them so visually interesting. The way that they incorporate lighting and VFX, which, Un- often easy to spot in this film and it looks quite old school as well it wasn't shot on film because mm-hmm. they couldn't but there's a real like haze to it there's a dreamlike quality to it and i mean the film itself is very good but it looks it looks incredible and when i watched it fairly recently towards the end of the year i knew as soon as i was as the further it went down, i was like this is this is it this is my winner
0: yeah i and we didn't even talk about the how they shoot some of the food though but like there's some Ooh. amazing food sequences in that yes. film that are just incredible to look at uh the sushi sequence alone is phenomenal like it's man um it's wild because I, I honestly that was that was my vote for um another award thing that i can't fully discuss but by the time this episode comes out i think i'm good but um I almost forgot to have it on my list because when I, I had been keeping this kind of running log and then I was like, Oh wait, that that's the movie that I, 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 it just stuck visually in my head. So uh, incredible that we both picked that movie. That's awesome.
1: I I knew there would be surprises. I honestly thought you'd pick everything everywhere. So I'm glad that the first uh, category has surprised both of
0: us. So uh, good start. Good start. Um, so our next category is best score. Um, we don't do soundtrack on this, but we we do score, which admittedly is an area that I often forget to like focus on when I'm watching a movie. Like it just becomes part of the whole experience, yeah. and I will often I struggle to remember what movie scores actually impacted me. Um, so that said, let's hear Matt, what is your uh, best score, runner up, and winner?
1: Uh, the runners up, the first uh, score in the runners up position is Michael Giacchino's The Batman. I think that's a fantastic score, brooding, but it's still there's still this epicness underneath the gloom, the depressive nature of it. Uh, the second runner-up uh, for me is Glass Onion, Nathan Johnson's score for Glass Onion great score. I thought he's, I thought he, what he did for knives out was excellent. He does all of Ryan Johnson's films except the last Jedi, of course, John Williams. Uh, but th- there's something about his score for the Benoit Blanc saga, which it just gets me. I love that. Uh, the winner, though, John. I'm going to make it two in a Rona. The best score for me of 2022 was decision to leave again. Joe Young Wook's uh, score, the director Park Chan Wook, he said, uh, you know, it's more about the texture of the song rather than the rhythm or how it sounded. And they use really nice, really cool Asian musical elements throughout, but it still sounds big. It still sounds classic. Like the film we mentioned earlier on, it's got an old school quality to it. And I think the score does as well. So it's contemporary, it's classic at the same time and i do listen out for scores jb and i think that's i think it's a john williams han zimmer effect where w- when it's there you can't miss it so now i've kind of and yeah. you and i are both musical so kind of listening out for it in the background but yeah, but this one it, it captivated me and there, there was a few other ones i liked uh the the avatar score i thought was pretty good as well but uh decision to I, leave is my score of the
0: year i will say uh i think throughout the year there were a lot of scores that really stood out to me while I was watching it. But like, then when I tried to remember which, which ones they were, it didn't all come, but um, I'm pretty happy with my picks here. Um, My runner up. Number one is white noise. Um, Specifically. I love the score at the end of the movie, but I love the score throughout and it it has to shift because the tone shifts so much, right? Like the movie is, is in these three distinctive parts. And, um, the the tone in each part is significantly different so the score has to shift and change and i just thought it was really cool uh my second runner-up is the batman um can't deny that score Uh, it is phenomenal so much of that movie is the mood and the mood is set so much by the music so it's it's hand in hand to be fair the lighting is also significant in the batman but those two things working together just create some epic moments (laughs) but my number one is justin Hurwitz and babylon um man i if you haven't seen babylon which apparently a lot of people haven't seen babylon given the box box office which is sad i i love it i I understand it's not for everybody though for sure but one of the things that i really loved about it was i don't pay attention to score and yet i'm watching the movie going that sounds like lala land like there is city of stars in this part of this movie and when it was confirmed for me that I wasn't just uh, imagining and more importantly, that it wasn't her, not having something new, but yeah. that it was thematically woven in because of the conversation between La La Land and Babylon. I was sold. I, I thought it was great. I've listened to the La La Land score yes. and soundtrack so many times. Dude, like, I love it.
1: S- it's always on my Spotify wrapped, which makes it hard for me to uh, put it online because it's the same thing each year.
0: And on uh, Monday, um, I think it was Monday, I tweeted out uh, what what Spotify playlist do you use when you're writing, right? Because like, I, yes. I love music with lyrics. Like, generally speaking, I can't listen to instrumental stuff. But when I'm writing, lyrics mm-hmm. mess me up. So yes. I need scores. And so I've been, like, kind of actively looking. And there's so many playlists out there on Spotify already. But I was act- asking other writers, what do you use? Um, and uh, the Babylon score just kind of started filtering into some of these playlists. And I'm like, yeah this is this confirms my my Dude. feeling i already had it on this list but that just i just herwitz uh, whiplash is also great and while i didn't love first man what i remember of the score for first man pretty powerful as well
1: do you know me john long time listeners know and it's not a hot take but that score wasn't even nominated for the academy award for the oscar that year it should have won that year it's incredible that's you're talking about soundtracks when i'm working at schools, when i'm working or chilling out or even going to sleep and i need music I have Justin Hurwitz on in the background and it's a mix of uh guy and Madeline on a park bench, whiplash, La La Land, first man. I haven't yet seen Babylon. I'm seeing it next week. Thank you. Paramount. Oh. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited to see so, but her Justin Hurwitz music is, he's one of the best. I don't want to say new, but kind of up and coming or underrated composers because you still, I still don't hear his name in broader circles in, in film circles you know we know how good he is but in a wider yeah. kind of range kind of still flies under the radar a bit for me and he's an yeah. oscar winner
0: yeah and, a and he's, winner. Now. again he's he seems to only really be working with chazelle but it's like come yes. on people what do we do and give this guy work because he's really good um his scores have been phenomenal so yeah um I, I see this as an example. We mentioned earlier at the top of the show, Matt hasn't had the chance to even see Babylon, yeah, I can't but wait, I hope man. this gives you even more hope about the score because I picked it as my favorite.
1: Dude, it absolutely is. I've got one week before I see it. Um, I love Shazette anyway, so I'm looking forward to it even more. So now that he's a Bampi winner, uh, we move on to yes. our next category. Then this one comes with a little bit of explanation, but this category is most feel bad. Now it's not a film which we thought is bad or the worst film of the year or anything like that. It's a film that when we watched it, it made us feel a negative emotion, whether that's sadness, um, a gloominess, a malaise. Uh, It it made us feel something, but not positive as we watched it. I hope that's made more sense. But as we obviously go through them, we'll be able to explain more so about that. So John, what were the films that made you most feel bad in 2022?
0: So the first one, uh, the runner up number one is Men uh alex garland's men um movie made me feel bad uh one (laughs) i'm a man and yeah yeah no get us out of here um uh, i did like the movie though a lot of people didn't i did have uh, i was like puzzle box of a movie where i was like trying to figure out what the crap did that movie mean but it didn't uh, hit as
1: hard as ex machina annihilation no but it's still a good film
0: still a good film um next up uh and surprising um was clerks three um is made me sad a lot um for a lot of reasons one because of the the history i have with kevin smith and and the franchise um but also some sad stuff happens in clerks three that you have to kind of confront and it's part of getting old and it's part of you see kevin smith's reflection in that so uh again in a good way but it made me feel bad um okay sad it made me feel sad and then the one that i think hit uh, the hardest that made me feel the saddest because it is grounded in reality is till uh t-i-l-l yeah um if you don't know that is the story about emmett till and uh his murder and then the treatment of his body after the murder um and all of the uh the horrendously awful things that that are related to it um it's, it's 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 again excellent movie not a criticism about the movie i'm not saying it's a bad movie i'm saying yep. it makes anybody with a heart will will hurt while watching that film there is uh, a sequence uh, that is essential you know going into this that if um the real life murder was shown we saw the uh, the picture of the body yep. it was it's it changed the, so much beca- because of that so you know in the film they're going to have to do the same like it, it can't not do it so that moment is devastating. And uh, if you can watch that and not cry, uh, I'm impressed uh, because I don't see how it, it it's shattering both as a film and how it's presented, but also because the reality of what it actually is, that this isn't just a film. This isn't someone's story that they came up Mm -hmm. with nothing, that this is representative. There's no way to watch it and not feel sad. So uh, it most feel bad. And again, in a good way, as uh, I think we yep. would say, um, like in Elf, when they say, uh, oh, you're special, in a good way. That's what we mean <laughs> here. Um, so uh, that's my feel-bads. Matt, what about you, sir?
1: Um, well, Till comes out in a few weeks in, in the United Kingdom, so we're also going to get into debate of, do I put that on my 2022 list or 2023? It's That's something that uh, pains me. Believe that in the comments, what I should do with that. But for me, my feel-bad films, my first runner-up is... Uh, a film for, uh, on Netflix called *Blonde*, the Marilyn Monroe mm. kind of faux biopic. Um, it's just a very exploitative piece, and I know the director's kind of been very f- fiery about, you know, if people get offended or people don't like it or thought think it's exploitative, then it's not for them. Okay, guy. Either way, <laughs> it's it, you know, it's a film which just shows, you know, there's a few films I could have put on this list with a similar kind of vibe, but like the exploitation of. Marilyn Monroe. I know the film is fictional, but you got to know this. You know this is this this kind of behaviour is rife and still is. She said, which came out this year as well. It, it's obviously touching awesome, on similar themes as well. So um, the second runner-up for the most feel bad film is Emancipation, the uh, Apple TV Plus original with Will Smith about it obviously, of course, it's all about slavery in the Deep South uh, and just watching it and the treatment of. Uh, black people then and how and what they were subjected to and sort of the famous picture of uh, will smith's character with scars and you know the beatings all over his body it's again the film itself isn't great but it's you know just watching it and realizing this isn't fiction you know what well, yeah. you know, it's based Subject on matter. true happening so uh but yeah. for me my friend my most feel bad of the year it's a film called dash cam it is directed Oof. by the guys who did host um That's wild. His host is great. I feel my love that film. I thought it was great. Um, And I've spoken to the producer before on air, and he's a great dude. Uh, He also produced Dashcam. But you know, this also I didn't like this film once whatsoever. But you're following the lead character who is very outspoken and in a political sense. And I just felt bad watching it because the lead actress was so nauseating so despicable! what an awful person Mm. like the way she was treating people and then i realized because it's set during a pandemic called covid this is also essentially a a kind of a parody or a take send off of people in 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 reality in this world during the pandemic these people were out there they exist causing this much trouble and aggro for people and it just made me got me down even more than the fact that the film was terrible real was that yeah i can root for a a bad character an awful character in a film if it's got some kind of escapism aspect to it but this one didn't this one felt so close to reality that it you know it, it rubbed me up the wrong way and i felt bad coming out watching it having just spent time with this character plus the fact that the film was for me abysmal
0: Well, that is our most feel-bad movie, so we have to go to the other side. Uh, Some movies just make us feel great. This is like uh, chicken soup for the soul, you could say, where these movies warm you from the inside and radiate out through your fingertips, um, like the moon uh, and Mary from It's a Wonderful Life. So that said, uh, these are the movies that make us feel good. Matt, um, tell us, what made you feel good? what made me feel good
1: this other than looking at your shirt jb in 2022 my first runner up is glass onion a knives out mystery i just felt it felt good watching it it's you know benoit blanc hit the, the comedy is all a lot it is a bit, bit bigger a bit more cartoony this time but i i, I really enjoy the sharpness to the writing and i felt like i was going on a ride with it plus the fact it's a great film as well so uh glass Onion is my first run up second one john is weird the al yankovic story God oh, oh, damn! That should be on my list, too. Come on, I mean, I we 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 covered that on the show, and we both came out beaming during it. You know, we, we had you know issues here and there with it, but sure. th- just throughout, it's such an uplifting and raucously outrageous story that it's kind of hard not to come out of that smiling. Um, but for me, though, the winner, JB, of the film which I watched and I came out and I thought, yes, was Top Gun Maverick, was my feel good film of the year, my friend. Um, you know, I went it, well, I went into it listeners know what i thought about it going in yeah do we need a top gun film it's going to be it's going to be bad it's not going to be great is it i came out and somebody next to me in a theater during it was punching the air at certain moments and i thought you know what i'm english we don't do that i want to join in with you and i came out got in the car i put on kenny Loggins, and i went straight down the way home and i felt good it just put me in a good place top gun maverick it did. was a film which is full of positivity it's got a great story it's a great film but it just has so many big moments in it, whether it's star Wars light or not. It has so many big moments that just make you want to punch the air, my friend. So that I'd was say probably mo- winner.
0: more reason for you to love it. Cause you love star Wars. Um, I do. I do. What about yourself though, John? What made you feel good this year? Well, my first runner up is top gun Maverick. Uh, so there it There uh, we go. is. Cause it's impossible not to like, it's, <laughs> it's nostalgic. It's um, you know, Tom Cruise is, is rocking. It's, it's a thrill ride. There's a lot of good moments and there are, Things that even, like, on the surface, when you analyze it as, like, plot, you're like, that was kind of dumb. But <laughs> it's, in the moment, it's so, you're like, yes, do the thing. And uh, it was impossible not to put that on this list. It It's such a big movie. It almost feels wrong to give it that kind of recognition because it's got so much recognition. Yeah. yeah. But, man, it, it's it, it's undeniable. It was a feel-good film. Um, I know a friend of the show, Big Tuna, who we talk Ooh. about a lot, saw it eight times. Shit. <laughs> eight wow. times um Man. i had no idea he had seen it that many times till the end of the year we were talking about our Letterbox stats and i was world. like wow but um my number two uh my or i guess technically my number one runner-up uh i put bros um yeah i love a rom-com rom-coms really work for me uh billy eichner i thought was fantastic i thought the relationship in the movie i was really rooting for him i had a blast watching this film and part of it was because some of the people in my theater didn't know what they had gotten into and some of them <laughs> left um through parts of it and i couldn't help but laugh at that because i knew exactly what movie i was there to see yep. and uh it delivered um but my number one hands down um i don't think i've ever been so optimistic since um won't you be my neighbor uh which, if you know me, I, Mr. Rogers in that documentary moved my soul. Um, Marcel the shell with shoes on oh, good chef. did the same for me. Uh, I adore that little shell that's voiced by Jenny Slate. And um, I actually even brought that film to my students. I told them how optimistic and hopeful I thought it was. And then they were all mad at me because they cried <laughs> so, so much. Because the, the movie deals with real topics. But for an adult, it didn't feel like they were they were not new topics they weren't things like i know that death is real and that i have to accept this mortality high school kids death is scary and they don't want to confront it so like the movie made them confront some things that i hadn't thought about from their perspective but they all loved the movie and i want to clarify that they were all very into the film but they they were like you thought that was a happy movie i'm like (laughs) it is is. everything works out it's great yeah Yeah. And his, his attitude, no matter how hard things get, Marcel learns to like be hopeful, to be, you know, to push. And that's the message of the film is you can't be afraid of death. You have to live your life. And like in 2022, we need that. We need that reminder. We need a shell to tell us that. Yes. That's the beauty of it is sometimes the most wisdom comes from the thing you least expect. This is a, a movie that is technically geared towards a younger audience but dealing with real topics, which is something Mr. Rogers did, which is why I I don't just elicit that film um, because I do think it's a companion piece. I think Mm -hmm. the way Mr. Rogers talked to kids and he talked about real issues is what Marcel is doing the same way. And this movie is underseen and uh, getting to shout it out and tell people to check it out, I think is a a great platform for this category, which I think it deserves to win, but also it's a, it's a way for me to go, Hey, in case you missed it, go back and watch Marcel, the shell with shoes on it's marvelous.
1: Yeah, an a24 film in every sense of the uh every sense of the phrase as well um i've got to just quickly say before we move on the beach scene in top gun maverick could have been my most feel bad moment of the year not because it wasn't (laughs) great because it was but i was like i don't look like that i I (laughs) want to look like that dude but most um, people don't look like yeah (laughs) i wish i did but um and i kind of seeks into our next category which john is most disappointing film of 2022 we don't really want we don't deal with the negatives here The worst film or what did we hate or anything like that but we're going to instead bring the most disappointing film what film do we kind of have hopes for which let us down a little bit in 2022 mm-hmm. and john uh, what are your disappointments of the year
0: I don't think a list has filled itself so easily, um, unfortunately, because <laughs> I, I went into some of these movies with a lot of hope and was devastated multiple times. The first runner up uh, is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I um, see that. I love Doctor Strange. I thought that movie was fantastic, yep. much better than a lot of other people thought. Um, I went into this one. I do like Sam Raimi stuff. I'd watched all of Sam Raimi's films uh, mostly this year again because blank check covered it. So I was like, I went into this like hopeful. This is his return. And some people thought it was to me. It just felt like he didn't really get the, the Marvel (laughs) cinematic universe. He did make a Sam Raimi film, which I respect in some ways, but it's not what I wanted from this film. Again, we're not supposed to talk so long on these. So I'll move on. Uh, The next one. If you've listened to our show, you know, how disappointed I was with Halloween Ends. Oh, um, I was grateful dude. that it's ended, but yeah. I was so disappointed with the movie because I love the 2018 Halloween. I am a huge John Carpenter fan and I love the 1978 Halloween. Yep. I, I didn't like Halloween kills, and somehow I still had hopes that maybe they'll they'll stick the landing. They didn't. They they butchered <laughs> the landing in every way, and I hate I hate Halloween Ends. Um but the even as much as that movie upset me there's no bigger disappointment for this fan of Steven Spielberg and this fan of Jurassic park than Jurassic world dominion. Because if you are a fan of that franchise, that movie kind of spits in your face for being a fan of that franchise. It almost (laughs) makes fun of you for liking franchises at all, which on a director level, I kind of respect the crap out of what Trevorrow did um, because it's like he, he had, this was his yeah. last chance, and I think he ruined it. I don't. If he gets to direct another studio movie, I will be surprised. Between uh, this and the Book of Henry, I just Jesus. can't imagine.
1: This is just one big shot of studios. That film is uh, a. This World. is
0: because he lost the Star Wars. This is him. Like you took my Star Wars movie from me. I'll show you. And there's so many references to so many IPs in this, and I respect it in one level. But as a Jurassic Park fan. I wanted a Jurassic Park movie, and I did not get that. Um, I, I and there's so much wrong with that film. And I, I am a defender of Jurassic World. I think Fallen Kingdom is better than a lot of people say. I, I would no, say I that one though, but Dominion is trash, and I was so disappointed, so so disappointed so that I forgot I saw it until I was making. <laughs> it. I was like, oh yeah, that was this year. I hate Damn. that movie. Yeah, um I wanted to forget it because I was so disappointed. Um that's mine. Uh again, I, I spoke a little too much about all three, but all three really did like emotionally disappoint mm-hmm. me. It wasn't just I, I'm not even I do think of the three, I think Doctor Strange is the best of those three movies. Um I do think yeah. two of them are bad, but it's not that they're bad that I'm upset about. It's because I had such high hopes and they let me down. Uh Matt, what are your three disappointing movies of the year?
1: Well, thankfully, John You've kind of covered some of the ground for me. Uh, the first runner up or one of the runners up is Halloween ends for the same reason as you, John. I really hope they could just pull it out of the bag for the big finale. They didn't Halloween ends. Thank God. Uh, the, se- the second runner up is Jurassic world dominion for the same oh. reasons. I was hoping that they could pull it out of the bag for the big finale. They didn't. It was, it was, it, it was awful. Jurassic world dominion was not good um but sadly john my most disappointing film and i know you're this is going to roll you up now i love get out i loved us oh but nope was my most disappointing wow. film of last year and it's not that it was the worst film of last year i'm not saying it's worse than jw or halloween ends but i went into nope because i think jordan peele was an exceptionally good filmmaker as, especially in the horror genre really wanted to be blown away and especially after, I mean, it, I went and went we're hearing mixed reactions to note, but it, we don't listen to that. We go in with our own mind, but part way through, I was thinking, what's going on? I'm not, I'm not in with this. There are certain cool scenes in it. There are some, some good moments in it, of course. But by the end of it, I was just left kind of scratching my head. I thought I was confused by what was going on. I wasn't drawn in by the, by the horror, but the film is a horror second in terms of genre. This is a sci-fi film first and foremost. But it did, didn't grab me. Uh, the, you know, the performances are good, but as a, as a, after coming off of Get Out and Us, Nope, for me, it felt like a, a backward step. I know a lot of other people really, really dig it, but I wanted Nope to be in my top five of this year. That's how much I wanted to like, or how how, how high my hopes were. I just assumed it would be in my top five, top 10. And I, I just during it, I, was, I felt bored during it and a little bit lost. And I, at the end of it, I was very disappointed the other two films wow. was more hope than expectation whereas this one was more expectation and hope and ends up on the list jb not the worst film of the year, though. By right, means. right?
0: but uh yeah nope was a, a favorite of mine so that's wild to hear uh it on but i i get it because again we both went into it high hopes because we loved uh us and get out so much yep um but we had very different experiences, but Hey, that's some, it doesn't happen often where we're that different of opinion. No. but it does happen. Um, and that's perfectly acceptable. All right. Our next category is, uh, our 2022 viewing regrets. These are movies that we didn't see that we wish we had gotten to, uh, for one reason or another. Um, I'm interested in Matt, if you cheated for the movies that you couldn't see, uh, that are technically 2022 <laughs> films. Um, but mine are just choices. Like I, I, I probably could have watched but for whatever reason it got pushed to the back burner pushed to the back burner and i never made it to it um sometimes because of reception um in fact i keep i'm i think i'm going to throw a curveball and change my list on the fly here because there's <laughs> one that you mentioned um that i didn't watch um, and i am going to go with uh blonde is a viewing regret uh i'm not supposed to go first what am i doing i'm jumping ahead you carry my on my brain. friend uh, you carry on sorry uh I, why not because viewing i regret interrupting the flow of the podcast for this (laughs) but um uh blonde was a film that you you just mentioned i i was really excited because i think anna de is a fantastic actress i thought it sounded like the hype going into it was was like all the pictures we were seeing and then i just heard so much negativity and like it was obviously there's problems even with the book and then like the approach and even some of the comments that the director said I just decided to separate myself from it. And it's one of those things where like, I probably should have been in the discourse, but I wasn't willing to suffer through what I heard so many other people, including yourself, uh, just kind of <laughs> yep. point. It, it was a it's hard a watch and well. a long film. And I was just, I, I ended up, nope, and walked away from it. So I, I regret not being a part of it, but at the same time, maybe I made the right choice. I don't know for sure, but, and that's, I guess part of the regret is, I yep. don't know if I made the right choice. What if it, it would have been in my top it five? Oh yeah. But um, I guess, should I just go through all yeah, of them and then breaking the format? I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, another one that you mentioned that I skipped because I felt like it was going to be too painful to watch, Emancipation. Um, mm-hmm. I heard mixed things about the movie anyways, but then like the subject matter, the, it's so hard to watch movies about slavery because I, I, slavery is wrong. I know it's wrong. I don't know if I want to sit in a film where I'm reminded of how wrong it is. Yep. when i over i already know that and honestly that's part of my last pick here um the the movie that i i regret not watching most because i've heard so much good stuff including from you i didn't watch all quiet on the western front um the, okay and it, it, it's I, I i do that one i plan on watching still even though i missed it in the year i still i think it's it's got to get watched but the length and um the subject matter again world war Two is a is always a tough subject matter, right? And this is World so, War or, One. I'm sorry, it's World War One. Yeah, yeah. World War One also really tough yeah. subject matter. Uh, maybe even That's plenty more. On so, yeah. The, yeah, depending on the perspective, um, and from what I've heard, this the way this film is presented, it's very tough subject matter. um So uh, that was what kind of kept me off of it. That and again, we we're both we often talk about runtime on this show. If a movie's three <laughs> hours, it, it does it does make me go mm, not mm-hmm. today and yeah. uh that happened too often because it's at home on netflix and not in a theater um it didn't pull me in the same way that like babylon did which yeah. i also was like oh three hours or avatar i'm like ah but uh, it was in the theater so i'm more willing to commit the three hours where at home i'm like well will i stay focused for three hours or will i end up on my phone and then film i'm not shorter, watching please <laughs> please do but, uh, sorry again listeners to break the format here but uh that's what just happened those were my viewing regrets those are movies i did not see so this is not commentary on the films themselves this is yep. me going i probably should have caught these movies matt uh you should have gone first but what are your viewing regrets my friend
1: if anyone's going to go before me it's always going to be you my friend um the first one i've put down is the son which is the prequel to the father from last year it yeah, played at yeah. um london film festival this year i'm not sure if i had a brief theatrical run i know it's coming out getting getting another run pre-oscars but i missed yeah. out on seeing the sun uh the second film uh the second runner-up for me or first runner-up however you want to look at it it's an a24 film uh it was cool it came out i think october last year it's called the inspection oh, uh, yep. it's one which i really wanted to see but it just passed me by it's it's about it's a young gay black man with he, he wants to he has to join the marines basically and of course then he has to prove himself within that uh, organization and to his own family as well it it, that's the synopsis alone and the talent involved made me mm. kind of regret not picking this up sooner but uh, i will write that wrong as soon as possible jb but um my number one viewing regret though for 2022 it's an international film it's called return to soul uh it has another name mm. as well which uh is it's called or it's i think it's called all the people i'll never be it's, uh, it's a French-German-Belgium film directed by Davy Cho. It's about a 25-year-old French woman who returns to South Korea where she was born for the very first time. She decides to look for her biological parents, but her journey takes a surprising turn. Uh, it stars Kim Sun-young, Jimin Park. It's got very good reviews. It's uh, It was on the festival circuit last year. And it's one that as soon as I heard of it, I went looking for it. I was like, right, well, want, I want to watch this, you know, is it on movie? Where, you know, where can I see it? <laughs> it isn't. It's coming out uh, and I guess getting a theatrical run soon, but it was available last year briefly to watch. And I wish I'd caught it because again, I haven't seen it very presumptuous, but I feel like it's a film, which I, it sounds like one I would have really liked. So uh, return to soul is my viewing regret of 2022, my friend.
0: Uh, And there's, there's so many, um, the, like, I feel like I could have sat here on this and I saw a lot of movies (laughs) and there's still so many that I wish I had seen. Uh, the sun was one I I didn't have here, but I even had access to it at one point and I thought I had more days with the digital screener than I ended up having. So when I went to watch it, I had no access and I was like, well, I guess I'll just let it go and I'll catch it later. But I I really like the father. Yeah. The fact that I've heard mixed things about the sun did make me go, well, maybe I won't chase it quite so hard, but, um, you know some people liked it some people really didn't but yeah uh totally totally get it um I believe it's your uh introduction even though i broke the format
1: my friend it's
0: oh, no! i know uh, i'm right it's your oh man
1: Jeez it is see, look, sorry see, listeners this is it, we're we're organized but even we're allowed to flub up every now and then it is yeah this one we've gone yeah. from fear and regret then let's make it a little bit more positive i guess and talk about our most surprising film of 2022 so this could be you know take this hey well Was it a film that we thought was going to be awful but we were surprised at how good it was was it a film we thought was going to be good but we were surprised how good it was what was your most surprising uh films in from 2022
0: JB? so resuming the correct order apologies again listeners (laughs) um the uh first runner-up was smile um because the initial trailers for smile made me look i thought this was gonna be a really bad like they made you you frown forgettable uh horror film like maybe going back to slender man or something like that, where it's like, it just seems cheesy and not good. (laughs) And so I went into smile, very low expectations, walked out raving, just thought it was brilliant. Uh, Similarly. Um, I knew nothing about barbarian, went into barbarian and walked out like that movie is a masterpiece. Why aren't everyone, like everyone should be talking about this. And so easy surprise for me, um, because wow. And then, uh, the biggest surprise was clerks three. Um, I have been a Kevin Smith fan for a long time. He was one of the first directors that I really like connected with outside of Spielberg or something like that, right? Like, where, like yep. he was an indie guy. I saw dogma and was like blown away. And then I saw Mallrats, and I just like all of it, just like I was in it always. Uh, Kevin Smith's been a big part of who I am. I think even. Um, and when I heard about clerks three, uh, considering the last movie was yoga hosers, hmm. I was really really worried um he had been talking about clerks 3 for a long time he'd been and it's like this idea are you just beating a dead horse at this point can you bring anything new can you make these characters relevant and then when i saw the first trailer and it was so meta that they were making clerks in clerks 3 i was like no my god it's gonna be bad it's not gonna work and then i saw it and the first 10 minutes i was i felt right i was like this is awful how how is he doing this like there's no way there's um a a, an actor in the film who is harley's boyfriend in real life because i again i'm a kevin smith fan so i'm aware of his real world stuff Mm -hmm. yep he he does this performance at the beginning of the movie that is so ridiculous he's carrying a box of (laughs) kites and he's like in a silent film he's like overacting it's so heavy and it's just like oh my god that looks terrible and then the ship writes itself, and Kevin proves that he had what it took the yes. whole time, and Clerks 3 is a masterpiece. Um, if you're a fan, I don't know if everyone will like it, but if you have liked Kevin Smith's work, Clerks 3 is the swan song of that franchise. It, it nails everything. It hits emotions. Um, as I, I've already mentioned it once as a feel-bad, um, but it was a feel-bad in a good way, and it was surprising because I went in – as a fan very worried that maybe he just lost his mojo and clerks three to me proved that kevin smith still can make a really great kevin smith movie and if you like that like myself you will be very very pleasantly surprised
1: i know a lot of people who thought clerks three was fantastic this year as well no it got a few mixed reactions as well but i did see clerks three and i did enjoy clerks three um for me though john my runners up then for most surprising the first one is an a24 horror film which i thought was going to be a bit of a throwaway and that's x the taiwan west film i I ended up really digging x a lot but you know when when i saw these synopses and what it's about i thought you know it's, it's going to be much of the same that we've already seen but i was really taken by x second runner up top gun maverick Top Gun Maverick. I, uh, you know, I went into this film, as I mentioned, with no hopes, kind of thinking it's been almost 40 years for a sequel for a cheese fest in the, you know, in the early 80s. Again, as I mentioned, came out feeling good, you know, blood pumping, fist pumping, loved it. Um, Most surprising film of the year though for me, John, was a Hulu film, Disney Plus over here, and it's Prey. The new uh, entry into the Predator canon, mainly because the last Predator film was bloody awful. It Real was an awful film. And you know, I, I like 2010's Predators. I, I, you know, I enjoy that. But it's a franchise yeah. which has got its ups and downs. But I thought Prey was excellent. You know, I thought the actress, uh, who, who, who the lead actress was superb. I thought it yeah. looked great. I love the use of the Comanche culture and language as well. And it just brought it back to its roots. It's a, sh- it's a shorter film and it just gave us you know the basics of a, what a very good predator film can be but it added a little bit more nuance here some story and some cool connections and some setup because everything's got to have a setup surprised me how much i enjoyed it especially given the predator franchise isn't one that i hold in particularly high esteem but i had a great time with prey and it surprised me the most man
0: and that they dropped it on streaming instead of giving it a, a needed theatrical run. It would but. have
1: blown up at the box office. You know, it's, it's not going to make a billion dollars. I also said Top Gun: Maverick would only make four hundred tops, but what do I know? But you know, Prey would have made some decent money back, especially when the word of mouth that it took off immediately. So uh,
0: it did. Word and to I, studios. I trust it. your
1: filmmaker sometimes.
0: Yeah, Dan Trachtenberg uh, hasn't got a lot of opportunities to prove himself, but he is continually proving himself every time he gets the opportunity. So let the man make some movies. I agree. Um, All right. Well, that's our most surprising. Our next category, uh, we're getting into kind of the Oscar territory. We are at Best International Feature. So these are movies that are – it's a little confusing because we are not in the same country. So international, not (laughs) United States not UK I guess is how that works Um, because technically a British film could have been mine but we're going to start with you this time we're going to follow the proper protocol here Uh, what are your runner-up and winner for best international film
1: Uh, the runners-up for me begin with speak no evil it's a Shudder original it's a Danish film and actually thinking about it this could have probably been my most feel bad film of the year as well oh it is crushingly soul-crushingly depressing it's an excellent film but god damn is it a miserable is it a cruel film to watch um my second runner-up or next runner-up jb is decision to leave i thought it looked great yep. i thought it sounded great but it's my second runner-up it is great but my, my the winner for me for best international film was one i saw a long time ago now and it's hatching it's a finnish oh, yeah. psychological horror film which similarly to x i went in You know, expecting, hoping for a a decent, solid horror film. I love my horror films. I love this. It's directed by Hannah Bergholm, and it's about a twelve-year-old gymnast who's who wants to uh, please her mother. Her mother is obsessive. She's frankly not very nice person. But she finds a a a bird in the woods that's been wounded. and She brings it home to kind of tend for it, and then what happens from then on was absolutely insane and wild. But I thought it it worked from every level. I thought the acting was great um especially from the uh the young actress siri Solalina, i thought she was very good the practical effects in this the creature effects were second to Insane. none they were yeah. good i know you've seen this as well so but it it it, it had an effect to me it had a profound effect to me when i watched it because it didn't go the way i thought it was going to go and it is really solid it's one of the best horror films if not the best horror film i've seen this year jb um so yeah, Hatching was my top international film of the year, but
0: I'll throw it to you, my friend, what were your runners up and winners? So I'm going to cheat kind of, uh, I'm going to throw two Ooh. in the, a tie here. Um, RRR, uh, oh, of course, which is a, a fantastic Hollywood film. Um, it's on Netflix folks. If you haven't seen it, it's long, just dive in. It is long, <laughs> but it's, it has three distinct moments. You yeah. could easily take a, like a potty break in between each hour. Um, But it's so much fun. It has one of the best songs of the year. If it Mm -hmm. doesn't win the Oscar, I will be very sad. Um, It probably won't. But um, I'm going to also throw in Happening, which is a a French film um, about uh, abortion rights in in France in the 60s. Uh, Devastating movie. I have to throw both of those. That's that's my tie for second runner-up. Apologies, I'm cheating. Um, My first runner-up is Decision to Leave, that we both have talked about a couple times now, but uh, we have that in the same spot here. Um, My... Uh, international film, and there it could have been several. There were a lot of really great international films I saw this year, but I'm gonna go with Ahed's knee. It's a H E D apostrophe S knee. Yep. Um, it's directed by uh, Nadev. Oh, I thought I had it, and now I messed it up. Nadev. Uh, lapid um there is a meta quality to it because it is about a filmmaker who throws himself into the situation uh it's a really um political you know sided film about uh israeli and palestinian relations um it is it brought a lot of information to me that i wasn't super familiar with and it's just such an interesting introspective film uh some really cool filmmaking decisions and elements and there's that again that meta quality that really clicks uh a film that could have easily been in this place would have been No Bears, which is very similar, except mm, yep. it's about Iran. But similar filmmaker, meta quality. Um, I, I both of those films just had like a profound effect on me and my appreciation of the art form, because that's a big part of this movie. Is uh, it's about censorship and um, art being, you know, denied simply because it's not hitting certain people's. Uh, what the government is saying is acceptable, which, when in a world where we had protests happening um, in Iran and for No Bears, we, the the filmmaker was in prison um, and was able to call the Miami Gems Film Festival and and give us yep. a thank you for them winning an award. Simply uh, wild to think about um, that that's happening right now in other parts of the world. And so I uh, Head's Knee, uh, not only do I think it's an excellent film, but I think just making people aware that it exists is a a good opportunity for this this award so best international film for me ahed's knee
1: there we go thank you jb um my my uh picks there are going to contradict something wildly later on which has just dawned on me but i'll mention that later on um so we're going to go from best international feature to our next category which is always a fun one best animated feature john and myself we do love an animated feature whatever studio it comes from and i want to know jb two runners up and what was your winner for this year's Bambi for best animated feature?
0: Well, um, best animated feature. My first runner up is turning red. Um, the, the Pixar film that got a lot of controversy, but I don't think it should have had controversy. Unwarranted, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. I loved so much of it. The songs were great. Uh, it's Pixar in every way. Um, it wasn't the Pixar film. I expected to be at the top of my Pixar list from this year, but it was the Pixar movie Ooh. that won itself. Um, my second runner up arguably could be my first runner up and almost didn't even get to be eligible for the Oscars, but they did fight and they did get the, the nod, um, Marcel the shell with shoes on, um, Yes, it's stop motion animation and it's well, marvelous as I've said, but my number one, I owe to big tuna cause I wouldn't have even known this film existed and he knows my, uh, m- my taste pretty well. So he knew that this movie would click with me. Um, it is a Japanese anime film called N U O I N U O. Yeah. Hyphen O H. Um, not only do I think this movie looks fantastic, but what it does with music is why this movie clicked with me so so hard. Um, it's it's set in like feudal Japan, they're samurais, but the music elements become anachronistic. Uh, they they put on like full concerts, like rock concerts, like what we see them in the animation doing. They aren't playing all the instruments that you are going to hear. You're going to hear music that is not possible to have been made at that time. But man, does it work. And you get these, like, at least three incredible concert sequences and how that plays with the story and about humanity and the commentary on how we treat people. I connected with this movie so, so hard. And I'm so happy to be talking about this right now because it just became available to buy digitally on, like, Voodoo and other streaming platforms. So if you like anime, if you like animation and you like music especially, check out Inuo. It is an incredible film.
1: That could have ended up on my viewing regret because I haven't seen that this year. But I remember you saying how awesome it was. So uh, glad to hear that you enjoyed it. And it's just given me extra impetus to go and watch it, JB. Um, For me, though, my friend, in terms of the runners up for animated feature, uh, the first one is Turning Red. I thought Turning Red was excellent. I thought the messages within it were very, very timely and worthwhile. Plus I watched it with my daughter who also loved it and watched it many, many times afterwards. Uh, So that was a win for me. The runner up Marcel, the shell with shoes on. We've got the same ones here for all the reasons you said, John, this is, it's such a lovely film. Uh, Jenny Slade is excellent as the voice, the again, thematically narratively. It's, it's fantastic. You wouldn't expect a film about a kind of a fun looking shell to hit as hard as it does, but 24 have done it again, they can always pick the weird and wonderful and make something excellent out of it. But my winner, though, JB, is a film I only watched recently, as did you, and it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I I had to check beforehand and just now to make sure it is definitely eligible for animated, but of course, why wouldn't it be? Uh, But that is the uh, my favorite film in terms of the animation. It was the best Pinocchio adaptation, dare I say, certainly since the original Disney one. I'll say that definitely it looked incredible, it had the Del Toro vibes all over it, and also coming off of the back of the awful Robert Zemeckis version, it was a breath of fresh air to see a decent Pinocchio adaptation but yeah, the stop motion employed throughout this film is a joy, it's visually stunning, and for me an animated film is just as much about that of course, and it is about the story, but this one manages to mesh them both, so uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio is my animated feature of the year, John.
0: I, I'm not mad at that. Um, I, did, I thought that was really good as well. But uh, story-wise, I had those other movies just hit harder for me. Yep. Um, all right. Our next category, uh, an area that Matt probably struggled to come up with three for. <laughs> um, best documentary. Um, again, these are Oscar categories. Uh, yes, I, am. I usually watch more documentaries than I did this year, but I still caught several. But Matt, I'm curious what your three are. What is your runner-up and winner for best documentary?
1: I did manage to watch the uh, qualifying amount of f- uh, documentaries, plus a few more. But my first runner up was Senior, which is the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and Robert Downey Jr. Senior documentary. Uh, it was Robert Downey Jr. obviously produces it, and it's kind of told from his viewpoint. It's a really, really nice documentary about kind of a odd relationship between father and son and of course what robert downey jr has gone on to become and the troubles he's faced and the man behind that his father although it's really good it's on disney plus uh, the second runner-up was a, was a music documentary i saw at uh, tribeca which was it's called tu i think and it's uh, follows the band of monsters and men as they record re-record their first album uh, my head as an animal via well, in back home. They go home to Iceland. They go to cabins. They go to the places they were, uh, went to as, a, as kids. They were on a river at one point playing these songs. And it's just in a really nice, intimate kind of behind the scenes. Look at a band. I very much enjoy, but my uh, top documentary of the year was one, which you'd mentioned a few months back now it's on Disney plus and it's fire of love. I think a lot wow. of people are going to uh, pick this one as their own, I know there was that Werner Herzog documentary, which covers the same story of the crafts. And I think you said you preferred this one as well, but it's, it felt a little bit more engaging. There's Mm. a love story at the, uh, is the beating heart of this. It's not, it's volcanoes, it's lava. It's the, all of that. I can't even think of what ologists they are, but it's all of that. Volcanologists. Volcanologists. Thank you. But, in the middle of it is just two people who who love each other and love what they do and tells their story and i think it's really and the narration is excellent i think it's really really lo- uh, well put together with lots of heart lots of love um fire of love is my top documentary of the year jb as a man who watches
0: about five documentaries a day what have you gone for john i'm very excited um my runner up uh number one is navalny um which i s- caught on hbo max and i'm trying i at this point um, follows a man who survived an assassination attempt by poisoning with a lethal nerve agent in August, 2020 Uh, Russian guy, uh, crazy story. And like the, the whole, I didn't know all of the details in it. Um, It's really compelling. Um, My old school is my second runner up. Uh, The interesting thing about my old school is um, in order to uh, do this story, they had to do like a reenactment and they cast Alan Cumming, to play this guy. So like Alan Cumming is like in the film. Um, A lot of it is animated and uh, the animation reminds you of Daria. If you ever were a fan of that show, which I was. Um, I love that one. And uh, I found the story to be just crazy. And it was like the way the film was put together. I thought was really interesting and unique. Um, But my number one, I caught at the Miami international film festival gems. um, And uh, it's out. I think now where you can see it um, all over the place, but it's called all the beauty and the bloodshed.
1: Oh, uh, I haven't seen this one.
0: It's a photographer named Nan golden and her fight. Um, it's telling her story. Like it's telling her story about like her photography and her art, but then her journey into uh, o- opioid addiction yep. and now how she is using her platform to fight and protest against opioids. And uh, the way this film is constructed is wild. Cause it has these two, very different things and how it weaves the story together. And it just comes to it's incredible. I do. I actually expect this one to win the Oscar as well. It is just a masterpiece of cinema of using the craft to tell the story and to do it in a compelling way to, to inform us, to show us there's so much here. It's not accessible for everybody because part of her photography is, is nude. Like there's a lot of nude photography in this. So it's not going to click for everyone, but if you can get past that, um just looking at like letterbox it's five stars four stars for so many people it is um one of those documentaries where you're like wow i have seen something important here oh, and man. i am glad that i caught this
1: i need to check this out i, I was meaning to watch it before we recorded the band piece, but i've never got around to it kind of wish i had done now but i'll make it a priority to watch it because uh, i heard so many good things about it so they were our our top documentaries of 2022 and now jb we're going to move into the categories that i think a lot of people will consider you know the beefiest the you know the, the the big the main categories we go we're, going, we're, we're exactly. now going to go into actors directors and of course the big one at the very end but we're going to start off then jb with best supporting actress which is actually a new category for the Bampies. we haven't done this one yet but um we lobbied for it yeah. to be included and it was allowed in so john Throw us your two runners-up and your winner of Best and Actress.
0: So the order of the runners-up could be flipped easily. Um, yep. I'm going to go with Stephanie. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name. Is it Sue? Yep. Uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once. You don't say the H. Uh, uh, she's incredible in that movie. Um, uh, she easily could have been my winner. In fact, I, I feel that way about all three of these. These are not just runner-ups. These are like shared winners because it I just winners. think they're all great. <laughs> um, Carrie Condon in uh, Banshees of Isherin. Wow she's like she shouldn't stand out because gleason and and colin farrell are so good in that movie and yet she does and i'm not familiar with her really outside of that performance but man what a performance um but my number one and i don't i honestly don't feel like she deserves to be in this category i think she should be in best actress okay. but the oscar pushes and what netflix sent us was she's running for supporting i i strongly disagree but I have no problem giving her this award, Janelle Monet for Glass Onion. Man, um, I was blown. I've liked her in everything I've seen her in, but I love her in this. Like mm. she-, she gets to showcase her talent in every way. Pretty much, they. I wish they could have figured out a way to get her to sing because she's also a really talented. She, she musician, is good at singing, yeah. So it would have been cool if they had like a- her singing also somehow. But she's so good in this, and to me, she is. The lead, uh, in ways, again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory or talk about why, but I loved her so much, I would have easily put her in my list of, she wouldn't have won there, to be fair, she would have been a runner-up for Best Actress, but I have no problem giving her this award, because I was so blown away by her performance in Glass Onion, so Janelle Monae is my Best Supporting Actress, what about you, Buck?
1: That's a great choice, my friend. Um, my runners-up, again, in no particular order, like 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 all of them, to be fair, but in no particular order, I'll throw the first one out because you've already mentioned her, Kerry Condon, scintillatingly good in the Banshees of Inner Sharing. Like you say, in a film where you've got Gleason, Farrell, and Barry Keenan as well, are all yeah, he's just also really superb. Kerry Condon has she carries such a weight and presence into her performance that I almost, you know, she was it was up until about maybe the day before we recorded. there was one or two people who could have won and I had to pick. She didn't win and neither did Hong Chao from The Whale. I thought she was very, very good good in The Whale. Whale. And uh, again, Brendan Fraser will get all of the plaudits and all of the attention, but I think Hong Chao deserves an awful lot of credit for her performance in that. But my winner for Best Supporting actress, JB... But already mentioned her, Stephanie Sue from yeah. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. JP, uh, like you say, she is just absolutely fantastic in this. For me, it's a breakthrough performance. Um, yeah, she plays infinite versions of a particular character, plus also the her own character, Joy, in the film. Um, and it's a multifaceted, emotional performance, one that plays off of. Michelle Yeoh's performance as well. The two of them together are are dynamite. And I mean, originally Aquafina was cast, and we both love Aquafina.
0: I actually hadn't heard that. Oh wow! Uh, No, yeah,
1: she was originally cast, but had to drop out I think for scheduling reasons. But Stephanie Su she took this role and absolutely crushed it. And again, multifaceted performance. She's a girl who wants her mother to accept her non-Chinese girlfriend, and there's a lot more to it going on as well. And just, I mean if we did things for uh, production design, makeup costume, just for what they do with her character she, that she wins. But uh, yeah, Stephanie, Sue, I was captivated by her this year. It's between her and Kerry Condon. but Stephanie, Sue just edged it because she was so varied with what she had to do in that film.
0: I I'm not mad at that. And again, I, I, it's hard for me not to put her yeah. number one, but, um, I was just blown away by Janelle Monet. It could be, uh, recency bias there too but best supporting actor is our next category best supporting actor obviously following best supporting actress um matt what do you got for your runner-up and winner for best supporting actor
1: uh best supporting actor first runner-up is barry keoghan for the banshees of inner sharing um every time i see this dude in anything he's just exceptional a fantastic talent um now the next runner-up, I've actually pretty much all the characters from now on have been head-to-head, it's been neck-to-neck. They've been last-minute decisions. My first runner-up, and it pains me to say it. It really does. But it's it's Ki Hoi Kwan in everywhere, everything uh, all at once. Because, I mean, he the dude is unbelievably good. For a guy who retired from acting to come in and pull that performance out of nowhere, and will probably go on to win the Oscar. You know, that, that finished second though to me or as i run up to brendan gleason uh, the banshees of inner sharing again brendan gleason is, is an actor who within the right circles gets all the praise but it, he's just such a powerful actor and his performance in the banshees of inner sharing as this as this gruff man who's kind of coming to terms with his own mortality and what he needs to do in order to leave his legacy it's, it's just superb it's powerful it's emotional it's Brendan Gleeson at his very best, so it was a toss-up, but Brendan Gleeson takes home the bampy for best supporting actor for me. But what about you, JB? I'm interested now.
0: My first runner-up is Brendan Gleeson yeah. uh, from Banshees <laughs> of Isharin. Um, it's gonna be some crossover now. Yeah, uh, he's so so good. Um, it's impossible not to give him the nod. I-, I love that you have two from that movie, and both deserving. I think Keoghan's great. He's not on my list. Mm-hmm. I have a curveball that I don't think anyone will see coming as my second runner-up, or technically first runner-up. Uh, Toby Jones um, from yeah. Empire of Light. Uh, Empire mm-hmm. of Light. Not everyone's got to see it. I don't think. Do you, you saw?
1: Uh, no, I'm going. I'm going to see it this weekend.
0: Uh, and that's the new Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes film. Yeah. Uh, Deacon's the cinematographer. Um, obviously, a Coleman and I forget the new guy's name, but he's also fantastic. But Toby Jones delivers one of my favorite monologues from the year um in this movie and it's because it's about film. It's a it's in the trailer part of it's in the trailer, like it's the voiceover of the trailer. It's you know talking about films twenty four frames per second, in your mind. It's that whole thing and for me it it hits the point the movie's trying to make and I I thought his overall performance, um, he's often great, but he's always a character. He's always kind of in the background. He's very rarely in in this forefront, but this movie I, I don't think works without him. And I think mm-hmm. he brings the, gravi- the gravitas that you need for that particular... Uh, he is the the projectionist at the, the, the theater of the mm-hmm. Empire. I really just... I, I, I like that movie way more than most other people, but that type of stuff does work for me, and I, I wanted to give him a nod uh, because it just clicked. Um, but my... Number one, the supporting actor winner, ki Yoo Um yep. because of course uh, h- everything you said, he's tremendous. He brings the humor, he brings the empathy, the love. When I mean, there's so much man. when when she, I don't want to spoil this movie, even though it came out many many months ago. But there's a moment where like she hugs him and his he just he breaks me like it, the emotion he's able to deliver. He's no, so sincere, and then. If you didn't love his performance, listen to him talk about getting the opportunity to do this performance in any interview that's followed yeah. he he won me over both in as character but also as a, a human being like he is someone who is very clearly passionate he was hurt by the system I love what he I love his comeback story like everyone's talking about the fraser or, you know the uh brent Renaissance the but I think we should be talking about the quanaissance oh. uh, because uh, I <laughs> yeah, want to it see it like- happen guys. I want him to get more work because he, he crushed everything all at once in this film. Um, I see what you did there. Best supporting actor for me.
1: JB, I think even when he becomes Oscar winner, I think he'll be getting a lot more work. And also the, his reunion with Harrison Ford, at, I think it was New York comic con recently was just how many, the broke the internet. And yeah, he, he's so good. And that. the scene in the alleyway when he's all decked up in his suit is just chef's kiss. It's some of the best acting I've seen all year. But JB, let's move into the best actress category now. So here we go, JB, two runners up and the winner for best actress for you.
0: Well, I mentioned before that Janelle Monae would be on this list, but because they were pushing her for supporting, I went ahead and moved her, and it opened up the opportunity for Michelle Williams from The Fablemans to be on my list. So she's my runner-up number one. Okay. Uh, I love The Fablemans. I am a self-professed Spielberg fanatic, um, and uh, The Fablemans, it's about the love of cinema and also the heartbreak of cinema, That, like what the the damages and Michelle Williams' performance – is phenomenal um a friend said she's just being michelle williams and i'm like and when is that a bad thing yes, because say
1: for a bad thing
0: she's tremendous um the hardest this is easily the hardest category for me because this next person i i want to put as my winner mia goth is my second runner-up or first runner-up however you want to say it uh, mia goth and the thing is i almost don't want to say what movie because pick x or pearl yeah it could be either or but it's pearl um I said Toby Jones gives probably my favorite monologue. I think Mia Goth gives the best monologue, maybe in cinema history. Like, it is so intense. It's so well-delivered, and it's so reliant on her performance. Um, The cinematography is very straightforward. The editing is slow and steady. It's just her, and she is so up to the task. She does not hesitate. I can't... uh, She could be easily the best actress, in my opinion, but we can only choose one. And it's Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is phenomenal in everything, everywhere, all at once. It, it is masterclass. I actually, I wanted to be funny and say Michelle Yeoh for Minions, um, Rise of Crew, <laughs> because she's great again. in that too. She's great in that. But being real, it's everything, everywhere, all at once. She does so much. There's so many little things, the little little elements of performance, but also the physicality of that performance. What I have never felt more enthusiastically sure that i just saw a favorite movie than when i saw everything yeah, Every i Wall remember of once like that movie ended and i'm like i i think i just saw my new favorite film and it's not my number one but it is in my top five yeah. a movie from 2022 is in my top five all-time films i saw it four times in theaters folks it is uh, only half of what tuna saw maverick but nevertheless four <laughs> times t- still and each time I brought different people with me. I'm like, you have to see this movie. It, it, it's I'm screaming from the mountaintops. How great this film is. I've known all year. She was going to be my best actress. Mia Goth made me nervous when I saw a pro. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm like, Oh no, was I wrong? Is she my favorite actress? And she almost, tough, man she almost did it. But Michelle Yeoh is my winner.
1: Very well. It is tough, man. This is, this is a stacked category as well. It this is. is. Um, and this is the one I mentioned where, up until recording, I had two names in the winner and I had to pick one. It was tough. But firstly, my first runner up for JB or the one of the runners up, we keep saying that, is Mia Goff. As you mentioned, um, you were Goff, she a Goff, Mia Goff, we all Goff. She is we got unbelievably out. good in Pearl. She's very good in X as well in the roles, in the in the performance she's asked to do. But in, in Pearl, she is excellent i think the film is great as well i really think excellent if they can knock maxine out of the park, the third film in this trilogy guys you know this is a hell of a trilogy a24 given us within the space of a year but uh, yeah she's excellent but the monologue the the end credits shall we just say are brilliant and just the way she flips between uh, her, her her emotions shall we say in this film on a click of a finger it is the work of a very very confident very good actress um john your winner is my first runner up Michelle Yo oh. excellent this year. My one is a curveball my winner, but I think Michelle Yo was winning it until i just, until this this morning pretty much when it came down to the emotion of it and michelle yo is, is is superb like i say the physicality, the range, the depth, superb everything you've just said is the reason why she pretty much was my winner but for me the best actress of the year is um, one who isn't getting an awful lot of awards based in terms of the oscars getting getting a bit in terms of the international circuit and some of the smaller ones but um it's Anna Maria Vartolome from ha- from Happening the French film oh, that yeah. you mentioned earlier on she won the French oscar the cesar for most promising actress but her performance in Happening is magnificent and when i was watching it similarly to you I was when i was watching I was like this is this is flawless from uh, of such a well, uh, an accomplished performance. It doesn't matter how old or young you are, but the fact that she is an, a, an up-and-coming actress is such an assured, such a confident, such a heartbreaking, such a crushing performance, how she has to run the full gamut of the motions in this film and in a film which is very timely, but it's powerful, it's harrowing and it's honest she's the reason she's a huge reason why what she's asked to confidently exude and highlight and portray to an audience is a lot you know the the subject matter of the film is is heavy and the way that she takes it so confidently is i thought it was a master masterpiece of acting so um anna Maria vartelemy is my best actress of the year just edging out Michelle Yeoh. And when I say just, it's I mean, boring. it's paper thin, my friend, but it came down to the emotion and Michelle Yeoh made me cry, but, um, Anna Maria devastated me.
0: That movie's devastating. Yeah. So totally get it. That leads us to, uh, our next category, best actor in a p- motion picture. Um, Matt, what is your runner ups and winner? Again, uh, uh, this
1: category I found a little bit easier to, <laughs> come up with because there's been some great performances but there's been a few standout ones uh the first one for me is bill nighy in living i think bill bill nighy is a fantastic british actor yeah uh, most people know i think internationally for things i like love actually in that but he Dude,
0: is real quick, excellent i i mentioned that movie to my one of my classes today yes. and i said bill nighy they all thought i was talking about the science guy uh, um bill nighy the science yeah, guy and i was like no guys, guys no come on and then Come I on. said, "Bill Nighy, he's British." And they got they're like, "Bill Nighy's British?" I'm like, "No, yeah. <laughs> the real Bill Nighy." Nighy. <laughs> man, you need so, to show him
1: this show, or you need to show him that wow. film, man. But he he is excellent. i will be surprised if he doesn't make the top five uh, Oscar nominations this year for best actor. Runner-up number one is somebody who is, we you've already mentioned him, and a lot of people want this. They want this to be the winner. It's Brendan Fraser for the Whale. I also want this, of course, because it's Brendan Fraser, the dude was in the mummy, George of the Jungle, and all those other films that you liked before that, John, but Airheads. Um, there we go, C-Dome. Airheads, but Encino, man, that was the one. Um Brendan Fraser is is, is excellent. He never he, he never really went anywhere. He's been acting, but of course he's had the um the the troubles in his personal life which kind of Hollywood shunned him because of, you know, or f- disgracefully shunned him. But he has come back in a big way recently and the, and the whale, I think, showcases what a brilliant actor he is. But at the same time, he's never really, I don't think he's ever really been given the chance to show that as, as much. It certainly is uh, raw as uh, Aronofsky's the whale. So I think a lot of people think he, want him to win the best actor. I do want him to win just for, the, just for the nostalgia and just for the emotion of it. But I've got to give it to Colin Farrell as my winner for best actor for the banshees of inner I mean, you could give it to him for after Yang for the Batman Three. for the banshees as well, but it's going to be the banshees of inner sharing for me. It is the best I've ever seen him. He's a, he's an actor who consistently just gets better and better and better. What do you remember back in the day? He was being ridiculed. He was a laughing stock. family guy. He was with,
0: kind of terrible. He was
1: terrible. As a awful person. Terrible person. Yeah. And he's turned it around and he's embraced the art form and thank God he did because he has been in so many good films. He's back with McDonough and Gleason as yeah. well.
0: And Everything he's done with McDonough has just been dynamite, fantastic. isn't it?
1: But in this, again, I've mentioned the E word a lot—emotions. But he made me laugh. He made me cry. He made me sad. He made me frustrated at times in this film as well. He's got the greatest eyebrows in cinema on this in this film as well. But there is just moments here which is which transcend, you know, cinema almost because it just felt so real his performance and colin farrell is one who I again i can't i can't say he's going to win the oscar i think you know Hart says Brendan fraser head says colin farrell but for me the bampi winner for best actor is colin farrell for the banshee's of inner sharing john though what are your picks
0: so i easily could have put bill nighy as a runner-up but instead i went with another classic actor in a, another uh, remake um that i also found very emotional as much as i love living i liked a man called otto a little more oh, so tom no. hanks is runner up. Such a generic answer, right? Like we expect him or Denzel to be on these not lists, for but Pinocchio. I can't help it. I thought he was so yeah, not for Pinocchio. No. Mm, that's mm, a mm. bad Tom Hanks performance. Um, or Elvis. My runner up number one is a movie that you didn't like very much, but I thought Daniel Kalua and uh, Nope was Man, amazing. He's great. Um, his his ability to give you so much with so little, like a little nod, a little closing of the eye, a little you know tilt, even you just, he just does so much with so little. I, I, the guy just deserves more recognition. He has presence um, for days. But my, uh, my winner, dude, Colin Farrell. Um, now I think it's a collective award because I think the dude did more work than anybody in terms of like the, the range of performance. Like he's unrecognizable as a penguin. Obviously, that's not a lead performance. That would be a supporting performance. Yep. So he could have been both, I guess. He could have been b- both of these awards, but, um, Banshees it was a when I saw it I wasn't in the best headspace when I saw it like I was like it didn't quite click it's one of those movies that it just stayed with me over and over and I just kept thinking about that performance I I was so blown away by both him and Gleason and and again mm-hmm. Kyogen and uh, I mean I've mentioned this movie a few times already but um, it's a film I now own uh, and I I, I actually really like Martin McDonough I know a lot of people uh, three of billboards didn't click oh, for everybody. Um, but I love, I love S- seven psychopaths, which is their first collaboration Dude. together. I thought it was fantastic. I love in Bruges, uh, so much like Good in opera. Bruges is just not seeing enough. And then this movie, when it reunites Gleason and him, uh, together, i was like, yep, gold, it's gold. And my God is it gold. Their chemistry is undeniable. In fact, more importantly, they're anti-chemistry because they're <laughs> best friends that are no longer best friends. And it like, you just, you just see it. Like there's moments where both of them they just have this longing look this this forlorn kind of approach and man uh what a, what a performance uh <laughs> Colin on, Farrell. it's so good so oh. good and after yang i i love his work i love when he gets to be somber kind of emotionless guy like he is in the lobster um or killing of a sacred deer i just think he brings so much and i've been a fan um He's only gotten better, like you said. He he's like a fine wine, right? The as he's aging, he just continues to improve and improve and improve. Uh to be fair, I drink five dollar wine if anything, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't about drink any regard, wine, but you know, so, but uh, I get but you. hey, yeah. Uh but it's a it's a thing I've heard. So uh that's <laughs> my best actor. We we have the same best actor, so there you uh, go. He must have done something right.
1: That's the second we both had best cinematography was the same and best actor yep. we both had the same. So we've I only crossed, it so far. crossed the streams twice, my friend. Will we we've had it- a lot
0: of we've had like a lot of sing over but runner you know, runner up kind of thing but yeah that's the the winners that have been very different but here we go let's see um, we've got two categories left jb two categories the left.
1: penultimate one is best director again a stat very stacked in in, in terms of the bampies and in terms of all the other os, uh, awards including the oscars a stacked category i think this year john who are your runners up and who is the best director for you this year
0: Runner-up number one, or I guess runner-up two. I hate the... I don't know how to do this. Runner. Um, and I hope... I Actually, I'm going to say the name the way I've always said it, but Ryan Johnson. It feels like it's supposed to be Reen Johnson. It's but, uh, <laughs> it is Ryan. It is Ryan. Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. Um, the dude... We don't do best writer, but he would probably win for that, because I just think the writing on that movie is so impressive. And she's wins how for he's, for that. Um, but I love Glass Onion. I, I, I love... I'm a huge Ryan Johnson fan. I've only not seen Brothers Bloom, but everything I've seen, I <laughs> love. And um, it's on my list. I just haven't. That's the one I missed. Uh, but runner up number one. Again, I think it could be for two movies and not many directors can say that for the same year. But Ty West, uh, oh, out wow. of nowhere, X and Pearl. Right. Like, how do you not give this guy like he's made two of the best horror films of the year, which w- saying in a year that is full of really great horror it's films. Right. year didn't see coming like who two very different horror films as well yes yes and uh the homage to the genre which is something i always as a fan of film i love him like i love filmmakers who are expressing their love of their own art um and yet doing something different doing something unique with it It, it's he's bringing reference to things but in his own way i just thought it was masterful but there's no way anyone else deserves this (laughs) award for me except for these two guys These two guys are going to win because they're the Daniels. Uh, The Daniels, for everything, everywhere, all at once, are the best director of the year. Um, Well-deserved, in my opinion. But what they did on the budget that they did it, how they did it, everything about it, the fact that they have been shunned from the uh, Oscar shortlist for VFX is mad to me, more so than any other snub that I can think of because – the fact that they did what they did, how they did it is what deserves the award. Like, yes, Avatar looks amazing, but Cameron had an infinite number of people and money. And the Daniels did it with seven people. Their, their directing style, it's such a unique thing. I love Swiss Army Man, but that movie, I don't know that it has a message. Everything everywhere has the same insanity, the same chaos, the same weird energy that they bring to their film, but with a point, with with heart, with love and care and the emotions that I felt while watching that film ranged from everything. Like I was laughing, I was crying, I was cheering and uh, I love martial arts and the martial arts sequences are phenomenal. (laughs) And these two guys did this. And I love seeing Jamie Lee Curtis post about this movie. I love seeing Michelle Yeoh post about like every actor on this film seemed like they had the best experience and nothing makes me root for a director more than seeing the people that they work with love what they're doing. You know, there's so many horrible stories like David o. Russell the nightmare sure. stories of his cast, so different. So if anyone deserves this award to me, it's the Daniels. So I have no issue giving my best director. Sorry to get on the soapbox there, but I really love these guys. So thank you for giving us this incredible film.
1: That was a surprise to me. I thought you were gonna go for somebody else, JP. Um, oh. I generally the thought obvious. you were gonna go for I thought you were gonna go for the <laughs> obvious double S himself Spielberg. Yeah. Um for me, JB, uh, one of my runners-up is Gina Prince Bythewood for *The Woman King*. Oh
0: God, such a underseen, yeah, movie. It's
1: underseen film full of excellent performances. As we uh, look at the cast list, you know what you're going to get. It looks great. It's well performed, but Gina Prince Bythewood, the way she brings it all together, the way she spins all those plates to give us this layered, long, epic film. Epic. Such, 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 such a good achievement. So, uh, Gina Prince Bythwood is one of my runners up. My next runner up is Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisherin. Sharing for what the reasons we've said, you know, yeah. the, for eliciting these performances from all of the actors and actresses involved, for giving them that script to write, but also everything that goes along with it, how he. T- Uh, ties it all together and weaves it into the tapestry that is the banshees of inner sharing martin mcdonough's my runner-up but the winner of best director for me is also daniels the daniels for everything everywhere all at once i i think that and it sounds like a broken record but you said it they had comparatively to a lot of other films not necessarily the band trees, but other films comparatively had peanuts to work with. They didn't have huge studios to work with for a film that's as ambitious as everything, everywhere to realize that there's only seven people who are learning on the job, creating these visual effects, which are excellent. And they hold up on that big screen as well. That's the main thing they hold up on that big screen. And again, to get those performances, to give us those themes and very bonkers themes throughout the whole film, who can direct a scene with rocks that is as emotional as that just a couple of rocks that's sitting there the way that they managed to deliver such an astounding film, which when you, the more you think about it, the more you kind of explain it to people, none of it should work. It should not work one bit because it is crazy, but you've got to have somebody at the helm who knows who, who can, who can stand it like a composer who can get all of these moving pieces together and, and put them out as well as that. And I think the Daniels, uh, did that supremely well daniels are my directors of the year and i hope i hope we get to see them in the big one in march this year as well
0: oh yeah 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 i thought you meant like their next movie but uh we're definitely going to be getting more of the daniels yeah. i think oh, that's definitely, proven man, definitely. so um, excited to see what uh, again also nervous because how do you follow up a movie that's everything, everywhere, all at once, like in in both they the literal sense
1: and the name, abstract and odd enough to me that they can. Hey, look, even yeah. if it's not, even if it's not as big, because everything, everywhere is a film that won over the indie crowd, the mainstream, the critics, the audience. You know,
0: it was it, it got everybody, it kept growing, it kept growing, it kept getting all legs. They, you all know? they've
1: got to do is just do another another good film, another good story, and it continues their legacy. Uh, but I'm looking forward to whatever they do next.
0: So our last category, we're going to mix things up a little bit. Um, We've only been doing two runner-up and number one, and this time we're doing – these are our top five movies of 2022, starting with five, down to one. And we're going to go back and forth rather than giving our whole list. Um, So, Matt, why don't you give us – what's your number five film from the year 2022?
1: My number five film for the year 2022, John, is a film I've already mentioned. It's Finnish horror called Hatching. It hit me, and it hit me hard. I really, really enjoyed it hatching that's my number five for the year what's yours
0: um one that you haven't been able to see yet but a man called Otto. uh it came in very late in my for year consideration stuff but it won me over so much that i then had to go back and watch the 2015 a man called ove uh because i needed yep. to see where the source material was but i am a tom hanks fan but this movie it's funny it's endearing it, it made me cry i just was so so moved by it um I was worried too cuz I it hadn't like I I didn't know if other people loved it as much as me and I was like oh no am I like just about falling them. into this but I, I the feedback that I'm seeing a lot of people really are impressed with this cuz again an American remake of a movie often isn't as good as the original and I think this one it is as good as the original I think Ove might be a little better I think partly because Tom Hanks brings baggage we we expect it's, certain it's things Tom from Hanks, Tom Hanks. I didn't know the actor who played uh, uh, Ove in that film. So like I had no expectation. I think he's able to pull off the grumpy guy easier. Cause I'm like, you're still Tom. H- you're not grumpy. I know you, I <laughs> you, you, Dad, you fit- they call him. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not that guy, but he still does <laughs> a great job. Like it's not in any way a criticism. If anything, it's, it's a remark of how good he is that I still bought it, even though I'm like, but you're not that way. Um, but that's my number five, a man called Otto. Uh,
1: number four then for me, John is a film that if you told me this would be anywhere near, my top 20 this year, I would have flown to America, slapped you around the face, bought you a beer to say sorry, and then done it again. And then got on a very fast fighter jet, John, I would have got on the highway to the danger zone. Top Gun Maverick is my fourth favorite film of the year. This has no right being here until I saw the film. Uh, what, What more can be said about Top Gun Maverick that we haven't said, or the listeners or the watchers haven't already heard. It's just a, it's a blockbuster. it's an epic it's a blockbuster in every sense of the word it's a film that tom cruise pushed for to only be released at the cinema because he knew the spectacle that he had and what you know what isn't there to like it's it's got all of the hallmarks of top gun it's got those uh fist punch pin moments it's got the brilliant needle drops of the music it's got the cool characters and the new characters as well it's fighter pilots and fighter which is always good it looks brilliant uh, Tom Cruise brings his A game and more importantly, the story, John, the story is compelling. It's engaging. Top Gun Maverick is an absolute huge achievement. $1.4 billion and a potential best Oscar, best picture nomination. Sorry. you know that is outstanding. So Top Gun Maverick number four.
0: Well, my number four, uh, you might be looking up at the sky. You might be thinking, Hey, is that Tom Cruise? Is that, is that a uh, fighter pilot? And the answer would be, Nope. <laughs> because it's nope. Um, Jordan Peele's films, uh, I've I've been a fan of all of them as much as I've. there's some really great horror films. This is the only one that made it into my top five. Wow, um, okay, but and, and not a diss to the others. It, my top forty is pretty tight. Like they're all movies that I love because I saw one hundred and eighty, and I am generally pretty positive about films. Yes. I am critical sometimes, but the ones I am definitely a little more forgiving. But nope. Um, I remember watching it and just being sh- like shocked cause i didn't know what it was gonna be i didn't know what movie we were coming to see and again there's a lot of filmmakers this year talking about film and peel brings that into this uh we get a little history lesson we get some some stuff there and that that stuff works for me man it just brings me in so quick and again kalua's performance and also um oh, i'm gonna forget her name but she's great too kiki palmer um yeah the kiki palmer just uh, they're both so good. The chemistry that they have, I found it funny. There's, like, really cool moments. I saw it again in theaters. I, it held up. But there there are, like, there are some things that I'm like, man, I wish this was that way. But there, those those bugaboos, those, I don't want to call them errors because I don't feel like they're errors. But that's just it. Other filmmakers, I would think they're errors. For me, it's it becomes what was he doing? What was his intention? Why did he do these things? And th- that's something I love about Peel I, I endlessly am just thinking about because I know I've heard him talk. He, he is a, a student of cinema. He has studied the, the art form. So everything's intentional. Even the things that might feel like mistakes, he was doing something. We may not get it, but there's something there. And I think that, that just sticks with me. And I keep thinking about the film. So Nope, just shoved its way into my top five.
1: I'm jealous, my friend. I wanted to be that uh, guy to put it in my top five, but it isn't. Uh, instead, number three for me is another film I've already mentioned. It's happening. Um, Audrey Devans happening, the French film. Um, again, it, it, it had a French release in like 2021, but I, it's yeah. eligible for this year's Oscars. Therefore, it, it falls into the Bampies. And it's a devastating film. It's so well written. It's so well uh, presented the uh, performances across the board are good, but of course, I've mentioned okay. Anna Maria Vartomy is spectacular there are there is one scene in particular in this film which I had to almost turn away from because it's so starkly presented, and it's 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 it's, it's a it's horrifying in its execution, but at the same time it shines a light on some very timely issues and i thought i found the film as i mentioned it's as devastating it's powerful but it's a brilliant film when it's happening and i hope more people can check it out and see it because it's well worth it but that's my number three john which is which is a contradiction because that should have actually been my best international film but it's number three
0: but i I, you know what they can they can overlap um they do for my number three uh it's who you expected my best director to be it's the fablemans um (laughs) I, I everything about this movie was for me. Um, it, it is Burke catnip, if you will, or Burke, nip. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it's about Spielberg and yet it's about film. It's about mm-hmm. cinema. Um, the, the look of the movie, the performances. I loved the Fablemans. I was so disappointed, um, not just with its box office, but with its distribution, this is a Steven Spielberg film about film. And it didn't even come to my local theaters like yeah. still. And it, it, that upsets me more than anything. Um, I'm so grateful that we do this, that I was able to see it. Uh, you know, I could have seen it again. I could have driven to Orlando or something to see it, but I did that and didn't have to pay to see it because I'm a nice. critic. And that is a really good feeling. Um, I will pay I'll I'm going to own this movie for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, and I, I, understand why it won't work for everybody because everyone doesn't have the same passion or, or drive for cinema. But for me, it felt like, um, getting to to hear him on a podcast essentially you know like getting to hear his thoughts on film through a film that i was just grateful and appreciative that he was willing to share such an intimate story even if it is still at a a slight distance um obviously he changed his names and things like that but um it it's and again i guess fans of schooler we've heard the story but seeing the story i found to be so powerful so the fablemans for me easy to put on my top five
1: Let's get into silver medal position now, John. Ooh, this film, my uh, number two, is a film which was number one for the longest time, John. Everything, everywhere, mm. all at once was my top film of the year. It has now been pushed down to second best film of the year. I think so we've, intrigued. I think we've mentioned why it is such a good film uh, for me. But one of the most, as I've mentioned, one of the best parts about the film is the external factors. I'll say it again, critically, commercially loved. Indie fans, mainstream. It wasn't just IndieWire who liked this. It was everybody else who enjoyed this as well. Uh, it, it, it touched the nerve of so many people, and it's so refreshing to see a film as as refreshing as this do so well. It made bank. It made a lot of money. It made a lot of fans. Uh, and like you say, the, the way you see Jamie Lee Curtis, for example, on Instagram, just raving about this film. Michelle Yeoh as well there's a real love for this it's a, and it comes across you know, on screen. It holds up on the small screen as well. I mentioned it holds up on the big screen. It, it's just as good on the small screen. It's bonkers. It's wacky. It's wonderful. It's cinema. That's what cinema it should got kind of to take you on a journey. And this does, it, it is like, like you said, underneath all of the bizarreness and it is an odd film. And I don't think it'll work for everyone, but it's working for almost everyone underneath it though is real, you know, real, real, it's real. That's what I can say. It, there's a real story. There's real themes. There's real messages underneath it. You know, there's real, uh, there's a journey. There's an authenticity to the story behind all of the wackiness, which absolutely crushed me by the end of the film. When when I watched it in theaters, blubbing my eyes out because it's real, and that's it. And, that, and that's what I want. Like it, it took me on a journey, and at the end, I felt so rewarded by it. So everything, everywhere, all at once, was number one for the most part. It's my first runner-up of yours, number two of the year for me, John. What's your number so two curious. film of the year, man?
0: My number two film is a mystery called Glass Onion, <laughs> um, a Knives Out mystery to be exact. Uh, sorry, Ryan. Um, I uh, I watched this with a bunch of critics, and I don't always um, laugh out loud at critic <laughs> screenings, but I was having a blast with this film. Everything. And Glass Onion clicked for me. I'm thought i I'm a big Daniel Craig fan anyways. Yeah. But I just think it, Benoit Blanc is my favorite character that he's taking on. <laughs> he's having on. so much fun. And he seems to be having so much fun. And it just comes off. Um, even the emotion. when, the, like, There's a sequence in the film where he has to shed a tear. And I was like, oh my god. And I was devastated. I won't go into why that scene later means something different. Because that mm-hmm. would be a spoiler. And I'm not a jerk. If you haven't seen Glass Onion though, it's on Netflix. Please watch Check it. it it's fantastic. I love Knives Out. Um, back in 2018, but Glass Onion, uh, I love just as much. I don't think I love it more. Um, and I might love it a little less even. But I, I just thought, uh, everything about the film was so much fun. Um, I think the writing is brilliant. I love that, uh, Ryan's able to do these whodunits because it's a genre that gets either done poorly more often. Death mm-hmm. of the Nile, um, mm-hmm. which I wish was a disappointment, but I had no expectations for that movie <laughs> yeah. and uh, just it knew it be to bad. That. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> That was this year, everybody, just in case you have forgotten that. But uh and then like see how they run. I thought it was really, really fun, but nowhere near the level of brilliance that you yeah. get from Glass Onion. So I enjoyed Glass Onion so much. Uh it's my number two film of the year.
1: It's my number eight film of the year, I've just checked. It does hit my top ten. I love knives out. So that means it wasn't my number one film of the year. So we're now here we are, John. Our best films of twenty twenty two. So curious. For me, my friend, number one. So Banshees of Inner Sharing. I was thinking it had to be that. I was was thinking, what else could it be? I was thinking, what else do you think I like? But uh, this is a film that in about August I put out uh, on the Spam socials that I was looking forward to this. This It's one of my 10 most anticipated because of, you know, the the triumvirate. McDonough, Gleeson, Farrell, they're back and telling this very personal, intimate story. it's, It's flawless to me. You know, it is absolutely flawless from the beautiful cinematography of the on the on the islands of ireland to uh the story of two friends who are at a stage in their life where you know they're thinking about other things but you know they're got to deal with the breakup of a friendship uh in the way that happens on screen which i won't obviously go into too much but the way it's done is excellent and how that snowballs into the the story itself is it's, a, it, 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 it's a, again, it's a, one of the films which you, you think about, it kind of feels a bit, it feels very slight when you think about it, what the story is and the setting, it feels very thin, but it is padded out and packed out so well with everything about it. And you've got the backdrop of the, of the civil war, the Irish civil war as well, playing throughout, you know, and just in the background, you can hear it there and it's used, you know, it's metaphorically used throughout the story as well. Yeah, Very it's, allegorical. You know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a very touching film. It's a very poignant film, but not, but not always in the most positive way as well. It's not a film where you might, you may not come out of it feeling like a million dollars, but you'll feel something because there's so much going on here, but the banshees of inner sharing is, is it McDonough's best work? I don't know yet. I don't know. I want to let it sit with me because he's done for me. I I really enjoyed three billboards, seven psychopaths in Bruges. I, I, I really dig all of his films, but this felt, Different to them. It, you know, whether it's personal or not, I don't know, but it felt so intimate, it felt so raw, so um so genuine that it had to be number one for me. You know, I was I was engrossed watching it and you know I again I felt all those emotions and more in this film. It's why Conan Farrow and Brendan Gleason won the acting award for me, because it, it's flawless. It's a flawless film. I, I can't wait to see how it ends up in the Academy Awards races, but for me it's my number one film of the year john what could possibly be your number one film of 2022
0: everyone definitely knows what my number one is i've been singing it since i saw it everything everywhere all at once not only is it my number one of 2022 it's like my number four film all time like it's it's in my top five right now um and that's, that's not an easy list because most of the movies on that list are old. I mean, my number one movie is from 1946. It's A Wonderful Life. You know, like for a 2022 film to be in the top five, it had to do something. It had to speak to me in a way. Um, for a long time, Scott Pilgrim held that that number one spot. And it was because of similar reasons. It just clicked all of my boxes. The things I enjoy to watch, the, the use of editing, the use of music. Um, I've matured, and that's why Scott Pilgrim's fallen down. I still love that movie, but it's not in my top 10 anymore. Um, I have some issues even with it that I didn't used to have that when I watch them like, eh, I really wish this was different and that could happen with everything everywhere yeah. all at once. But so far after four viewings uh, at each time I was happy to sit through it again. Each time those emotions came back, even though I already knew it was going to happen. I knew we were going to have two rocks sitting on a, a, a cliff having a conversation <laughs> and that it would shatter me. Like never. If you told me that like exactly. text on screen, even they're not talking that that would make me cry. No way would I have thought that was possible. Dog and fingers. yet it did. That everything about this film, which again is aptly titled because it literally is all of the things. Um, I, I love this movie. I'm so grateful that we got it. It reminds, I mean, I've never really started to like, oh, I hate movies. I There are some people who up and down all the time. But this is a movie that just shows me why I love Movies. Why I put so much of my life into studying these, to talking about them, to watching them, because stuff like this can get made, and it's incredible uh, for for two guys to have this vision of this story, and then for it to come together, and then all of the collaboration to work together to give us this film that says so many things. That says it in a fun way that you can have these really deep conversations um, through humor through uh well some very inappropriate jokes at times Uh, the one reason my big like disappointment of this film is that i won't ever be able to teach it because of one fight scene that involves a butt plug and i just (laughs) no, i can't justify that sequence in a classroom in a high school classroom especially if i ever get to teach college film then it's a hundred percent getting taught but in a a high school setting even though it's blurred i still can't like the implications of it are too you know, well, far-reaching. Uh, to to possibly yeah, it's your number a one film of the year. It is one hands down number one film of the year. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Thank you, the Daniels and Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hun Kwan and Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Shu uh, Sue for giving us this masterpiece. And there's so many other actors that we're leaving off there, but uh, just wow, what a, what a movie I will. Uh, it, it's going to be hard for anything this year to top it in my opinion, but I hope something does. Cause that would be incredible, but I'm so happy with this movie.
1: That's the fun of film is that something can always come around and topple. It could, you could have a new favorite film in 2023, John, but for 2022, then the banshees of inner Sharing, everything everywhere, all at once are our top films of 2022. But like you say, John, something might come along this year and knock uh, everything everywhere out of your top five Some of them might come in and enter my top five films of all time and that's what we're going to do to wrap up this episode then and this edition of the bampies we're going to have a quick look forward to 2023 and we're going to give five films each uh, alternate them again that we cannot wait for uh in 2023 and hope that in our next edition of the bampies we can look back and say yeah all 10 of these films or all five each They they, they nailed it for us. So, uh, John, what's one of the the films
0: you're looking forward to next year? Before I say, I do want to point out too that there are some things I left off of this list because I wasn't sure if they were actually going to come out this year. Like, Ari Aster's got a movie that now apparently we're getting a trailer for next week. Yes, yes, yes. That he immediately put his name on something he's on my, oh, can't wait for, because the two movies he's made so far have been incredible but I wasn't sure. So I didn't have that on my list. Uh, Also, there's supposed to be a Martin Scorsese movie coming out, but I've seen two different Martin Scorsese movies that might be coming out this year. I don't know which one's right. (laughs) And he can almost always be on the list. And then there's movies that I'm like excited for, but like, yeah, okay. But I went, I really had to think through and being honest with myself, uh, both in my hope, but also like, I think it's reasonable to be excited for these movies. Like, I don't think these are like far reaching. Like these are probably going to be good. Even if I didn't put them on my list. So number five, is the Christopher McQuarrie film called Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One? Um, I've I've loved the since Ghost Protocol for really since Mission Impossible yeah. Three. I've I've been a fan, but uh, Ghost Protocol got me interested again, and then really it was when McQuarrie took over that I was a hundred percent back on board with um, not Fallout but the, uh, the one before. It rogue nation and then fallout just cemented it and now i can't wait that to see what great. we're going to get with these last two so i'm super hyped for mission impossible dead reckoning part one i hate the title i hate the part one part too, of long. It, but too yeah. long but that's my number five matt what about you what are you looking forward to for your number five movie uh,
1: number five is one of those scorsese movies it's killers of the flower moon which is scorsese uh leo dicaprio but i'm more excited because jesse plemons is getting a a big fat role in it and he's excellent him and scorsese cannot wait i think they're a match made in heaven um so yeah, killers of the flower is, i think it's an apple plus original um i believe which they've to up actually, in the with movies i, I, I don't mind it, see I, th- I i always find there's a bit of prestige to apple plus and of yeah. course koda oh, yeah. reigning best picture winner at the minute but um looking forward to seeing what they can do with this story and this collection of actors they got
0: their TV series have been top notch, but their movies have been, I think, a little less. Uh, maybe uh, just because they're not seen as much. But um, there's agree been a lot. With that,
1: yeah, when they're good, though, they are, they're very good. So um, hopefully Agreed. that's Koto lo-
0: that. was my list last year. So it was yeah. Number four for you, JB. Four. Uh, this one snuck on because I decided to watch the holiday special. And I couldn't help it afterwards. <laughs> it revitalized my interest. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 one because it's the ending of all of these uh, performances. This is supposed to yeah. be the last time we see most of them in these roles. Uh, Dave Batista has been kind of recently very vocal about excited to be done with Drax, <laughs> which is disappointing because I love him as Drax. But James but- Gunn has obviously moved on to DC. And so this is his most likely the last time we'll see him with Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so this is a swan song for the whole thing. And I've, I loved the first movie. I really like the second movie, although I think there's some stuff with it that doesn't quite hold up and i had kind of started to lose interest in marvel in general and the holiday special (laughs) made me excited for this movie so it, it snuck its way onto my list
1: um i'm looking forward to that because like i say, it's going to be the end of an era so didn't make my list but um i've got high hopes for guardians 3 Number four for me, John, is a film I've got very high hopes for, and I really hope we can get back to back to the good times with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh wow, Harrison wow. Ford, James Mangold, dude! I, I, I from what I've heard, um, I met some, I met a few people at Comic Con this who worked on the film in varying capacity. Couldn't say anything about the film, but what they said, and it was it very, very exciting. Not about the story, but about the quality and about you know Mangold and harrison Ford yeah. and that it's indie man it's harrison ford it's indie it's a swan song i've got I, I, I can't wait Cri- Cri- crystal skull was one thing but it's indie five man I, I, I can't wait
0: the the title's so bad though
1: i, I don't like the title but I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna have it's gonna obviously have context when we see the film but without context yeah. it sounds a bit it,
0: Dora it's, the the Explorer. One, it's the only it's the only one that's alliterative like all of the other ones are yeah. not alliterative like it's a good it's point like, there. um my number three uh in Greta Gerwig we trust uh Barbie I I love this teaser the the homage to 2001 and that's if you're not familiar (laughs) with Gerwig she is a film person and I don't think she gets enough credit for that and uh I I saw some people going like Kubrick would be rolling over I'm like I think Kubrick would applaud her I think he would love her doing that um yeah I I don't know Kubrick any more than anyone else obviously so I can't sit here and say that but i just i feel like it's in his wheelhouse uh that what she did because i think it's she's leaning into that commentary the idea of this thing that we worship and don't fully understand um and i i man and everything we've seen of the images of of ryan gossing looks like he's having a blast (laughs) i can't wait to see him margot robbie has been great in everything she's done like she does not get enough credit for the talent that she is um i am i'm I'm stoked, man. I can't wait to see Barbie. I never thought that sentence would come out (laughs) of my mouth, but I can't wait to see Barbie uh, just because of everything going around it. And Gerwig did not need to do this movie. And the fact that she decided to do it is uh, I think an important detail. So, uh, and I, I, I'm excited to get to see what she does next. So uh, Barbie number three, it didn't make my number five. It
1: would have been number six because I cannot, I can't wait for Barbie. I can't wait to see Margot Robbie, the King Ryan Gosling. What Greta Gerwig is going to do with this story, I'm so, or this character, or this idea is so exciting to me. Number three is a film which... I mean, I actually have doubts it's going to come out in 2023, but it is scheduled for a release in December. John, it is Ghostbusters 4? I have Ghost- doubts too, yeah. Ghostbusters 5. I know it's filming very soon. You know, it's going into production soon. So they can get it out. And it is scheduled, still slated for a December release. And if that is the case, Ghostbusters 4 in terms of this canon not including the 2016 one because that's a different timeline whatever different time, yeah. ghostbusters 4 firehouse will be my third most anticipated film is ghostbusters man we both loved afterlife regardless yeah. of how fan servicey it was i'm a fan no give me that service yeah. like, you know th- when when the og guys came in there wasn't a dry eye in this house um but yeah ghostbusters firehouse if not that then barbie if that doesn't come out then i'm putting barbie in there but um, i
0: I left it off because I'm like uh, dubious, even, but the title is still like not even cemented. So I'm like, I think it's Firehouse, but then other like Letterbox was showing Untitled Ghostbusters yeah. after like it's, sequel, and I'm like, it's
1: back and forward. But if if that but comes it has out, a poster
0: that says Firehouse, it's, it's so it's got I'm a like, poster, got a directory and it's got his cast. But yeah.
1: um, if it comes out, Ghostbusters most definitely is in my top five. If not, stick Barbie in there, hundred percent.
0: So if you've listened to uh, the show, or if you've watched me, uh, or read any of my writing. I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan and Oppenheimer is my number two movie of 2023. I, I, I like Tenet. It didn't land for me as much as his other films, but I love, I applaud what he's doing. Oppenheimer, which wouldn't have been a topic I would have thought much of, to be honest. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. But what we've seen, I'm like, okay. And then the story that he practical effect recreated, which Mm. seems like a complete joke, but it's at the same time, if you're a Nolan fan, nope. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Totally, that's exactly what I expected to happen. I wasn't that surprised when I saw that it was a headline. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. You expect it now. Um, so I, I just, I can't wait. I, I, the countdown is my anticipation level. Like, I'm gonna explode like a mushroom cloud when it finally comes out. So I can't wait to see Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, it's coming That's out same, two. Coming out the same weekend as Barbie as well, don't forget. So you know, it's going to be a time the theater. It's going to be a very, very different um, double double act there. But yeah, Oppenheimer. Looking forward to that. My number two pick, John, is the follow up to my number one film of last year, and it's Dune Part Two. I cannot wait to see the next part of Dune. Denis Villeneuve created something incredible in dune and with the addition to the cast of uh christopher walken or florence Pugh, austin butler amongst many others come on i mean this in, in ville i trust my friend i i, I haven't read the books so i've purposely stayed away because i don't want to know what happens in this film but so i, I know
0: it's going to be good i I, re- I really regret watching the david lynch film before because <laughs> uh, i i i like the david lynch film <laughs> so like um i know what happened there i don't know if that's going to be the same thing that happens in this but that was i think i i was left kind of underwhelmed by dune because i i'm like wait there's story not not <laughs> happening um so i i i'm excited about it but it just it it couldn't be in my top five because i was I, not disappointed with Dune at all mm-hmm. but really? just like it felt like half a movie and it is, it uh, is yeah. so part one, you know i'm waiting for something? this
1: half dune part two is my number two of the year john what film from 2023 are you most excited for
0: it's a film that should have come out this year, but they pushed back and it's probably for the best, uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I love into the Spider-Verse. It's one of my, it's, it's the highest ranked animated film on my top 100 list. Um, it's only a little bit ahead of, of, uh, spirited away, but, it is ahead of Spirited Away, which I think says something about how much that movie clicks with me. I love Spider-Man, anyways. Obviously, I'm constantly fighting with you about Tom Holland being the best, and you I finally came around and admitted it. Uh, you even signed an affidavit saying <laughs> so. So, um, oh, I, must, I must have lost that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gone somewhere, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, the cast is returning, which is incredible. But we're getting all these new Spider-Man, including Daniel Kaluuya uh, as <laughs> Spider-Punk. I I've heard nothing but excitement around this film. I am so hyped for it i cannot wait to see it um you know it's one of the few things sony has doing uh going that is doing the right thing cinematically without someone else supervising um so i hope they don't mess it up but i i cannot wait to see this film and from what i understand this is two of what should be another movie coming uh so hopefully that's exciting um but i am I, i might be wrong i know that at some point there was supposed to be a trilogy happening but and of course studios they want ip so they're not going to stop making them if it makes money. Yeah. but i am very very hopeful that we're going to get the same level of quality that we got from into the spider-verse with across the spider-verse
1: yep. I, I loved into the spider-verse it was my it was my top superhero film that year and it's Easily. one of my if not my it's in my top five probably superhero films of all time it's incredible um my plus uh, the soundtrack rocks the soundtrack is awesome jb um my number one uh now I'm anticipating this and I'm excited with a very, very large dash of um, anxiety now after the film that came out this year by the director of The Exorcist, the sequel to the 1973 masterpiece, the greatest film of all time, is getting a direct sequel now, helmed by David Gordon Green. Uh, In 2018, I was like, "Yep, I can see what they're doing. I can see the trajectory now. The Exorcist, I hope. I really hope it isn't called The Exorcist. I hope they call it something else or subtitle because I don't want to have, to, you know, Halloween, Halloween, I've got a feeling that the first film is going to be very solid like Halloween 2018 was. I think it's going to be a very decent follow-up and then I think it's going to tail off when they go straight to Peacock or wherever it is they're going. But um, I'm not, uh, you know, you know me, John, about my favorite film of all time yeah. is The Exorcist, but I'm not beholden to the fact that they can't come in and make a, Follow-up that can be just as good. It's not. I'm I'm uh, I'm soothed by the fact that it's not a remake. Had it been a remake, it wouldn't have been anywhere near this list. It's a direct sequel. It's got fantastic um, quality in the cast. You've got Anne Dowd. You've got Leslie Odom Jr. You've got obviously the, the uh, excellent Ellen Burstyn coming back as Chris McNeil. There is a hopefully a good story there to tell, but there's a good foundation to build it on. I think David Gordon Green is good at starting things. Don't know about ending it. I am very excited to see what they do for this film as it's a follow-up, as it is a sequel. I'm very excited for it, JB. I want it to blow me away. I want it to be my best film of the year, whether it will be or not, who knows? I just want a very good story. I want a grounded yeah. character study. Like the first film was with some good scares. I hope they don't lean into the, the vomiting and the cursing and the controversy too much because that's yeah. what all the other films since have done. And it doesn't work the exorcist john is my most anticipated film of 2023 makes sense yep
0: can't makes wait perfect sense fingers crossed anyway. anyone if they made a sequel to it's a wonderful life it would probably be on my <laughs> most anticipated or wonderful anyway. now um <laughs> yeah it's a more wonderful life this life can't get more wonderful um uh christmas suicide is what we should call it um so i like it uh that is the bampies for 2022 and what we're looking forward to the fun thing will be when we do this in 2023, will any of our five anticipated films make it to the <laughs> I, top five? I hope so too, because otherwise they're going be, to be, nice. they're gonna be in our disappointed list. Yeah. Probably like <laughs> if they're not in our top five there, they oh, should be the man. winner for disappointing. Well, let's remember that. Think back when we go to pick next Good year Are disappointed. If we had it on our, our anticipation list and it's not in our best picture, <laughs> it's got to at least be a runner up it's for disappointing because it, it didn't live up to our hope. Um, But listeners, we hope you enjoyed it. We know you probably didn't totally agree with everything that we said, Mm -hmm. but you can reach out to us. Tell us what you thought. What were your best movies of the year? What was your biggest disappointment? What was your biggest surprise? Don't just give us the best picture. That's an easy one. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Tell us the other stuff. (laughs) What are those subcategories that you didn't quite get to? Hit us up on social media. On Instagram, we're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And Matt, Twitter. We are at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And we're still on Facebook. You can search bloody awesome movie podcast. Me individually. You can find me at burkreviews.com and at Burke Reviews on all the social media platforms. Even yeah, I'm on hive. I don't check it, but I'm on there. Um, Matt, where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at what Dot co dot UK and just search for what I watch tonight across all of the socials, including Letterboxd, and you'll find me there.
0: Now, before we go, we will be back to our normal-type episodes next week. We're going to be talking about Megan, a movie that, as of recording, had a 96% Rotten Tomato score. Uh, Never would have guessed that. Um, I'm hyped. I'm about to go see it right now. I'm I'm going to grab some food, and then I'm hitting the movies. Uh, Check out my written review, but we'll be back to discuss it together. Probably not on video. Who knows? knows? Um, But we're going to be talking Megan next week, so check that out. Um, in the meantime we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome blood, blood.